All right, we got Casey back in. Haven't seen you in a while, buddy. It's been a minute, man. So you're into this Web3 now. You still got the meal prep, but you're helping other businesses do it, right? Yes, yeah. So the uh, the meal prep stuff is all shifted to consulting. So uh, everything from consulting on getting started, growing. I also just started a marketing service specifically focused on the meal prep niche and using a lot of the uh, collective intel pretty pretty good pretty effective results because you know like as you know with marketing sometimes there's a struggle in uh you know client first client's a dentist the next client's a bar the next client's a nationwide product and you kind of got to relearn a little bit with each one of them as you go with this we're focusing on the same business model it's just changing the ge geographic so that's been going pretty well and then yeah the the web three is like really what's been consuming me Keeping me up late and getting me up early now, lately. Now, what got you into the Web3? Well, I've, I've been in crypto since 2016, and I was always fascinated with that. Uh, admittedly, I was reluctant to get into NFTs. I was, I was busy at the time, so it was a mixture of that. And then also, like, not having the time to invest in learning about it kind of... And this is something I always try not to do, but I got in that, like, I don't understand it. I'm just going to push it off and pretend it doesn't exist and just join everybody else saying that it's a fad. But now I've got into it, what I think is late, but now I, I still see it as very early. And the Web3 stuff is just phenomenal. NFTs, DAOs, uh, basically the, the entire concept of decentralization. And it started with crypto. And crypto, I think, was a necessary, like, predecessor to all this stuff because it helped uh, the masses start to understand blockchain and that's the foundation of like what will web three is really going to be. Built. So we're at web three now, but what was web one and web two? So web one, uh, if you think about the early days of the internet where there were very few people who were able to put content up. So the masses really, their engagement was limited to just reading. So they call that like the read phase. Web one was read. So some, maybe newspaper might start if they were really early on back then they were starting to put some articles up you'd read you know articles or there'd be a not even really forums where you'd be saying anything so web one was just a bunch of articles that people would read it, it was not not just articles but a lot of it was very few organizations putting content up it wasn't you and me doing it so then we get to web two and that's when we get so, but back with what would you call that like a forum more more of a forum type thing there there were some forums but that wasn't even a big a, a common thing so web one would have been they call it the right or the the read phase where we're just seeing what's up there and consuming it we don't have a back and forth then web two is what they called the right and the right phase where like writing now we're getting into forums we're getting into blogging and the average person would start a travel blog or uh, a pet blog or mom blog or whatever else we have facebook come out we have uh shopify and stuff like that so now the average person it's more easy for them without having to know how to code and everything else to build their own website now there's a lot more plug and play stuff so now we have a deeper level of engagement and it goes back and forth so that, the big revolution there was you know writing now we can contribute to it more forums um, posting content on YouTube and all that stuff was encapsulated in the, the web, web two phase. And then web three is really decentralization. It's where instead of Amazon and these big players and Google owning it and you having to go through them as like the gatekeeper, now it's going to be these decentralized projects and platforms that are going to have, I mean, depending on the, the, the project, 
they will now have the av availability to be or the ability to be anonymized and completely transparent put on the blockchain so there's pros and cons to all this stuff um, but it's it's inevitable and it's going to be very powerful and as soon as we get over that that you know adjustment period it's going to be uh it's going to be pretty good because of the problems that we're seeing that what's great about decentralization is like what we're seeing with what's happened with twitter you know someone decided what can and can't be said on there who can and can't participate it was very centralized and when you have that gatekeeper who's controlling something as powerful as twitter it's not a public asset but it's still more than just a private company so it starts getting kind of weird and gets kind of gray if it's decentralized then it's something where the masses decide instead of one person sitting up in an ivory tower going, oh, I don't like the yeah. political climate with this, so we're going to shadow ban. I pretty much get Web3 because I had uh, Chris, he's from uh, PodFest. He's done like 2,000 of these events. He, and he, he basically explained it just like you have. All the people I've asked, he explained it basically simply, as simple as you could. It's basically decentral decentralization period if, mm -hmm. if you want the simple answer that's what it is to yeah. everything but i still don't understand what web one or w1 because when you say read what would interest me in in web one to read like i i, I can't understand why web one would be anything it was i mean it, this stuff was so long ago that i mean it was when i was barely getting onto the internet um Oh, you're talking long, long time ago? Yeah. Oh, you, see, I thought Web 1, 2, and 3 were, have been in like the last two years. Oh, no. Web oh, 1 I'm is... All fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Web 1 is at the inception. Oh, it was okay. first. That just, makes sense. Yeah, just institutions putting up, you know, really boring stuff that only people, scientists at that university wanted to read or, you know, whatever else. It was not really for the masses. It eventually grew to be for the masses. Like I said, like maybe a newspaper who was really early on, but we're talking you know, decades ago, which is crazy to think that it was decades See, ago. Now, now it makes sense because I, I remember I'm thinking this is all in two years. So I'm like, well, why would anybody give a shit about a read? No, but no. if you, if you go back and you know, web one, web two, now we're at three where it makes sense. Yeah. Right. But web one and web two, this is over a period, long period of time, yeah, exactly. which we would consider long now because every two months fucking something news out. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's happened so rapidly. It's uh, was it the, I forget. There's a there, Moore's law, I think. Yeah, Moore's law. Where it, like every two years, yeah. it's it's doubling, and that's what we're seeing. And it's a it's an ex exponential growth. And to sit by and watch it, it's just like acceleration. I mean, imagine taking someone from a like you know a time machine, taking someone from the 1950s and dropping them here, and they're just like see these constant revolutions right. happening. It's just like what the hell? Well, just like the cell phone. Like when we were when we were growing up, mm -hmm. can you, if you thought. You know, when we're in our 30s and 40s, that there would be a phone that you could just tap and you could, like it was Star basically Trek. a computer. Yeah. You'd be like, if somebody flew down 20 years ago, we'd be like, what the fuck is this? Th yeah. You know, give me, give me my little rotary phone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just happened so quick. Yeah. Now, with the Web3, because I'm surprised you went, well, I, I could see you going down the rabbit hole, but to do really, to go out with the podcast with everything else you're doing, what was it that you were like, I got to get this out there? And then you went all the way with it. And then you have it on Spotify, YouTube. Uh, can you pull up tab one? And uh, what what made you initially do it? Well, my uh, my best friend, he's he's definitely uh, one of the intel most intelligent people I know. Very educated dude as well. A double major. Um, he went to London Business School for his master. And, and uh, people aren't familiar, London Business School in 2000. 
14 and 15, the time when he went, that was the business school on the planet. Um, better than Wharton and everywhere where else. They were like literally ranked number one. Now he's finishing up his law uh, degree in at UVA. So he's going to be a lawyer um, very soon. And we would, about everything, we get on the phone and we just start riffing on something that we're interested in. And lately it's been this kind of stuff and especially his perspective as an attorney going through um, laws and regulations. And there's a lot of contention in this space, especially um, as it's and it's exciting for him now with that law perspective, because he's seeing this stuff come to fruition, like we're having to figure out how do we regulate this stuff where, you know, who's responsible? Is it a security? Is it not a security? We have to look at these things that those definitions that we used in the past were very easy because, like you were saying before, you know, things weren't changing as fast. Now things are changing so fast. They're like, well, we got to regulate this and seize it. And they're like, ah, technically you can't do that because it doesn't fit that perimeter. OK, now we got to adjust that. So there's a lot of things in flux. It's uh, very exciting for him. And we would just have conversations where we ju just go off on this content that we're consuming going back and forth. And then we'd get out of our bubble and our, our other friends would kind of look at us as like, I always look like the crazy guy. Like I was early in on crypto and I was telling people at cocktail parties, like, you know how, I mean, you're, you're the same way. You dig into something, go down these rabbit holes and it's like, you know so much about it and still realize that it's some, so much you don't know. But then you go to a cocktail party and you start telling somebody else and they're like, whoa, they're like, yeah, okay. So it's, uh, that one right there. Pretend, yeah. pretend money. I'll cut this. Yeah, I just clipped that there. Fuck turning the TV off. We were trying a new thing. Yeah, it, it will go. Just let the let me just throw them in the controller. We were trying to uh, when we go look up shit. You'll see this if you because uh, when you look up shit, right? You know everybody can see everything. Like if you forget to close your history. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've been trying to turn it off and turn it on, but the fuck it, it's just a bitch. You know what I mean? Don't worry. I know where we're at. This podcast is sponsored by Let's Get Checked. Guys, let's talk about what your diet is doing to your testosterone. Fast food, protein bars, instant noodle, candy, soda, chips. How often do you consume these? If any of these are staples in your diet right now, you're consuming what is referred to as ultra-processed foods. Ultra-processed foods have long ingredient lists, additives designed to make foods ready to eat, cost less, and yeah, they do a great job at doing that. But... Processed foods have high amounts of trans fat in them. This is an unhealthy type of fat, and if you consume a lot, it could lower your testosterone levels. Think about this. Consumption of ultra-processed foods have been rapidly rising since the 1980s, and the average man's testosterone levels has been dropping substantially in the same time frame. Hmm. And this is true for men of all ages. So let's talk about today's sponsor. Let's get checked. They're a worldwide leader in at-home testing kits, and their male hormone test lets you easily test your testosterone levels at home. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in a discreet packaging with next-day delivery. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA-approved and CAP-accredited which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com backslash MSCS. And special offer for MSCS media viewers, use the code MSCS and get 30% off your test. The link is in the description below at the top. Turn it down. 
mentioned them. Fuck Tyrone on off for that. We'll figure it out another day. It was taking too long. I was like, ah. All right, all right. Where where do we where do we? Uh, so where did I cut you off? We were um. So we would basically just be uh, going down these rabbit holes and going back and forth on the phone. And again, our, our friends would kind of look at us like we're crazy when we try talking to them about it. So one, one day we're just like, you know what we should do? We should record this for the guys and, and play it for them. And then we just zoomed out and I was like, you know what? Let's just make a podcast out of it. And I already had a YouTube channel and a podcast on Earth 2, which is a metaverse and I decided to kind of zoom out, and instead of just talking about that one project, I was like, let's just talk about Web3, because everything's so interrelated, and to even just talk about a metaverse, you're going to end up talking about DAOs and NFTs and blockchain and crypto and all these other things. So let's just zoom out, and we'll just encapsulate everything, because there's so much exciting stuff going on right now. Does the metaverse and Web3, are, are they interconnected somehow? They're... They are, but they don't have to be. Like, we could create a metaverse that has nothing to do with Web3, and it's uh, not decentralized. So in my definition, like, at least what I think are going to be the true metaverses that are going to have the longevity will be blockchain-based, and they will be decentralized. There are projects that are metaverses that aren't on blockchain, that aren't decentralized. That's fine. Like, someone could argue that Grand Theft Auto... Uh, five the the online version. Some could argue that's a metaverse. Okay, really, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean it doesn't have to involve cryptocurrency or anything. But I think what people think of now with the term metaverse and it might have might require us like evolving to a new word or description of it to really specifically, you know, indicate that we're talking decentralized blockchain that kind of stuff. It, I mean, it, it's it's still in the gray area. So there's like games right now that they're, it's an online game. You and I are able to play. We build characters. Characters have property. They can build houses. Like, could say that's a metaverse. But for there to be, you know, decentralized finances, decentralized, you know, blockchain titles to the houses and properties and everything else that we own, the assets that we create and buy, um, all of that stuff, I think that's going to be what, we that's going to be the foundation of what we see as as the metaverse and that's going to be again all kind of web three foundational stuff now you know how they call it the metaverse right like facebook meta mm -hmm. right so now when apple comes out with their glasses that would take them into whatever verse will they be tied in with facebook because is the metaverse all owned by facebook or the meta metaverse is the metaverse and then those glasses are just tied in to the metaverse so there's an infinite number of metaverses. Like you could, we oh, could create. Fuck. This our is own. like the fucking universe. It's fucking crazy shit. It's yeah, it's overwhelming because, um, it, like that. A lot of people think of like the metaverse as it all being one, but everyone's gonna have their own. The way a, a decent analogy I would say is like websites. We, you know, if we go back to, you know, the beginning of the Internet and I were to tell you that, you know, plumbing companies and pizza places and, and shoe companies are going to have websites back then. Now it makes sense to us. But back then we'd be like, why would a shoe company want a website? I can't try on shoes on the Internet. That's stupid. Why would a plumber need a website? What do I want to read a plumber's blog? Like that makes no sense. Now, if I were to ask you, if you're starting a business, would you rather have a phone number or a website? You're going to say I'd rather have the website. Right. So I think. Not to say every business is going to have their own metaverse, but I think they will have a presence on the metaverse. And the different metaverses are going to be like different companies kind of having their own 
hosting platform. Maybe not a website so much as like Amazon would be a good analogy. So that it's a foundation for people who want to have a presence on Amazon and you want to benefit from their eyeballs. Um, Adidas has presence in metaverses. They don't have their own, but it's just like them having products on Amazon versus having products on walmart.com and eBay and everything else. It allows them to get those eyeballs from those people who are at that certain metaverse. So Facebook doesn't have like a patent on the metaverse. No, they're going to have their own metaverse. It's just like us logging into their game. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the accolades and the, the work that we do in that game will only exist in that game. There are some metaverse projects that are trying to make it cross compatible, but it comes down to coding and everything else like that. I bet you if we put a hundred people in the room and said, who, who can other people, you know, who owns metaverse? Who owns it? Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. maybe one out of a hundred, maybe one. It's, it's genius that that they switched it to fucking meta, huh? It's uh, imagine going at the, the, back to the invention of like the car. And instead of you calling your company Ford, you called it the automobile. Yep. You know, like something like that. It's like everyone's going to be like, oh, it's like Kleenex. Like, no, it's a tissue. Kleenex is a brand. Zuckerberg is no dummy, man. No, man. And, and he's Very got smart, smart people around him. I mean, you know, I don't like the way he does his algorithm and, and his code in the back end, but yeah. you, you can't take from the, the guy came up with the metaverse. As the, far as I'm concerned in my reading, that's why I thought he patented it. Oh, no. The metaverse has been discussed okay. in uh, books. Completely fucking wrong about that, too. <laughs> no, no. They, it, and it's very confusing because, like I said, and he benefits from that confusion. But right case, calling like, it if, meta. If you don't know it genius. like you know it, you would think that Mark Zuckerberg came up with the metaverse oh, yeah. and now he changed, you know, he has the name meta. No, it's, it's great. Yeah. You would think that he came up with the idea. He developed it. Him and his team are all behind the metaverse yeah. and you need Zuckerberg to get into the metaverse. That's what I thought. And every Did time- you think that too? Same. You thought that you needed uh, Zuckerberg to get in, right? And every time you think metaverse, you're going to think of them. It was brilliant for him to take that name. What a move, huh? Very, very smart. And it was like, I can't believe nobody else had thought of that. But I mean, there are smaller companies, smaller projects that do have meta in their name and stuff like that. But he, who cares? He could say it louder than anybody else. So, like, And he was the first to hit it, too. Now, when Apple comes out with, with their glasses they'll have their own type of metaverse or do you think they'll feed into because they're very fucking apple 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 they're in well i think that um big companies like that are definitely going to try to have their own metaverse whether they develop it themselves or they buy out one of the big competitors apple um doesn't seem to really like facebook very much tim cook um i think they were discussing potentially not having the Facebook app. I don't know if they did this or not, but the Facebook app was no longer coming standard on the phone. Yeah. Or, or maybe they were discussing that and they didn't. I forget. What they were doing was uh, Zuckerberg was having a big fit about the... Fo- well, first, remember when they put the track where it says, where it asked if you wanted to track? Yeah. And then Zuckerberg took Apple to court and he said, look, which I'm, I'm still with Apple. Fuck Zuckerberg. But he is one smart dude. Yeah. Um, But... He took him to court because he said, "Okay, now you're you're at you know if you get on the iPhone and you go to Facebook, it asks if you want to track. Well, if it doesn't track, they don't know how to throw ads at you. Mm-hmm. So then he took Apple to court, saying, "Look, they're hitting me with forty percent fee on every time you know purchase whatever. However, they're making their revenue through Apple with the app. They're taking forty percent, and now you're allowing consumers to opt out of being tracked, where then we can't provide the best ads." To make the best money. Yeah. Took him to court and lost. But he was threatening to go off the Apple store, which that would have just killed him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would have... 
That would that would have been where Elon comes in and he says, "Hey, how about our uh, fifty million and I'll take it." Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? He would have fucked himself up if he would have done that. Oh yeah, big time. Now, with the podcast, did you start on Spotify or did you start with Spotify and YouTube at the same time? We started. Uh, I I basically converted the the YouTube channel already had some content specifically on web or on uh, Earth Two, so I kind of just zoomed out and changed that to web three content and then the uh, podcast was came on after that but simultaneously as we started doing the web three uh, podcast episodes wtf is web three is the name we uh we landed on and and the whole wtf thing is like a big almost like memeish kind of phenomena in the space like everyone's like wtf is a dow wtf or mm-hmm. nfts wtf is bnc and what's a dow uh, DAO is a DAO. It's a decentralized autonomous organization. Fuck. And a, a, a good way to describe it is instead of there being a board, like it wouldn't replace a company, but it would basically replace a board and it gives you voting rights and you owning, um, like a, here's a good example. This is actually an NFT project that I own some of. It's a really cool one. And if you want to pull it up, they actually have some really cool artwork. Um, but they're called it's uh, the holy ones.io what should he google oh google the holy ones.io as the uh, as the url and this is a really cool project they have nfts and the nfts are kind of like an ownership certificate so they have they made 6666 this here and these guys oh shit what the hell is this so they're they're four different <laughs> they're four different uh, deities we've got buddha Vishnu, Jesus, and Moses. There's 6,666 of them total. They have all sorts of different attributes and tattoos and hairstyles, and it's some pretty outrageous stuff. And I liked it because it's like mildly, it's it's offensive. Like, what's cool is it this. It is, it's cool. It attracts a certain type of humor. So, like, everyone in the Discord, we're already on the same uh, wavelength. Look, it says Thug Life. <laughs> yeah, it do. If you're watching this, there's two like badass limousines behind these characters, and then what is that? A uh, that's a, that's a casino in a casino, their um, in the metaverse. This what is the, in Decentraland. They own a casino, and then the one guy's got Thug Life like Tupac fucking on him. <laughs> Dude, they've got such. They've got some uh, some guys who have Holy like Peaky shit. Blinder hats. Uh, they've got like a z- zombie skins, and there's, it's all these four characters, but a, def- a bunch of different uh, versions of them. So like over six thousand, six thousand six hundred sixty-six. So oh, so if you go up, uh, EK, go up to the top, scroll up to the top. Can you? So you could up, yeah, yep, up. Like so, if you go to holy out of ours, yeah, so there's a whole list of them. Click that. Yeah, it'll it'll show a good amount of them. So you'll see wow. some of the and the guys have not only is it cool looking stuff, but they're yeah. really funny. Uh, they've got a really good sense of humor. They've got some uh, pictures of them like at the Last <laughs> Supper, like all like fighting over food and climbing over each other. So it's like sacrilegious, tongue-in-cheek kind of funny stuff. But what's cool about this is owning one of these gives you, see how it's uh, 6,666 holy beings. So each one of those is an NFT. That NFT isn't just a piece of art or a, a, a JPEG or anything. That actually gives you ownership in their casino. So they have a casino, and they own casino games that they're developing. And when that casino makes money... 20% 20% is going to be distributed to the holders of the NFT. Wow. Plus, as an earlier person, like they haven't sold out all of them yet. So me owning some of them, the DAO um, is basically comprised of everyone who owns 
and the amount that I own contributes how many votes I have. So right now I have five, so I've got five votes. Every time I vote for something, I've got the power of five. So we'll put up a proposal like, okay, um, and the other thing is as people buy the new ones from the Mint, 100% of that money goes into the Dow's bank account. So we get to vote on proposals on how we spend that money. We want to spend it on advertising, promoting the NFTs. We want to spend it on new game development or promotional videos. Or we're talking about doing a meetup once we've sold out of the Mint. We're talking about doing like a meetup in Vegas. And we would use the DAO's funds potentially, if we wanted to, we'd put it up to a vote and say, okay, we want to spend $50,000 on a party in Vegas and buy everyone plane tickets and, and whatever. And we could vote yes or no, or you know. So you actually have you actually have like an uncensored, uncheatable board, yeah. In a way, basically, and it's right? all on the blockchain, so we can that's see how cool. everybody voted. And it's pretty fucking forever. cool, right? Shit, that's awesome. And and the characters are goofy, yeah, so it hilarious. like attracts you, you know. Yeah, and that's what's cool is like there's other NFT projects I'm into. This is my favorite, just because I I know I want to have a beer with every single buddy. I, I've never met these guys; they're all over the world. But just talking in the chat, in the Discord chat, like we got the same sense of humor. I could have a beer with all of them. And this like filters out all the people who wouldn't like my type of humor. You know? Right, right, right. So. But I, I'll tell you what, the I, the thumbnail that you made for Spotify, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that pops. Thank you. I appreciate that. You pull up uh, tab one. Yeah, I was going with the, um, the Matrix kind of background. And I like that kind of digital kind of theme. And uh, that was actually like just messing around. I love finding like a cheap or free way to do yeah, something. See, I think that is so cool the way you did that. And wait, what'd you say? You made it on Canva? Can Canva. I know, everybody free. keeps talking about this Canva. Oh, it's it's great. For I was just talking about uh, Tay Lopez. Feldman, yeah. Uh, it's a great time to join Earth 2, small business uses. So if you go to Spotify and you want to listen, wow, you got a lot on there. Easy money selling free Earth 2 drools. Good and bad uses for what you were just talking about. Yeah, DAO. DAO. Wow. Another another example of a DAO is like, let's... I'm going to listen to that one. My favorite metaverse and why. And then go to the very next tab, Ike, the YouTube. And then here, you scroll down. Now here you have it in video, right? Um, uh, We actually got approved for Spotify video as well. So we have Good a video you. up there like, uh, like Joe Rogan. So you could watch the video on Spotify or listen to it on, we're on like a dozen platforms, and then also the video is going to be on uh, YouTube. Some of the content is the same. Like if we have a video on Spotify, it'll be on YouTube as well. Some of the only audio stuff will only be on the podcast. Some of the video stuff will only be on YouTube. Like that, those shorts, those are only on YouTube. So we kind of spread out the, uh, I'm sure, you, I know you do the same. You're really good with marketing like that. I don't fuck with the shorts though. I didn't even know that there were, I but didn't even know that it they on came TikTok. Out. I know what's that? You're killing it on. I TikTok. know, but I mean the shorts on YouTube. Oh yeah, I, I didn't even know. I hate. It. I don't. I, like I it. didn't know how to upload them. I think I did one by accident. Just I, I took that from TikTok. I'm like, <laughs> Where else can I put this? I was like, oh, I'll try it on YouTube. Yeah, like I, I didn't even. One day I was looking. I forget who. I, uh, John Work. He was in. He, he went and did a bunch of cleanup in uh, Texas and uh, Baltimore. And I went to a site to look at it, you know, to research everything. And they had like 10,000 of these shorts. And I didn't even know you could put a short on YouTube. I don't even know how to put them. <laughs> up. They, I think they have to be 15 seconds. So like all, even the stuff from TikTok, now that it's one in three minutes, like the TikTok stuff isn't easy to. So I like how you did. This is why I put it on the screen. I like how you did your playlist with that because you have them. Divide. I knew you would do this because you're very organized, unlike me. Where you like so if you want to know about the metaverse right there's the playlist on metaverse if you want to know about web 3 boom you know you you want to know about nfts boom i mean that 
You really put this together good. Yeah, I tried. Thank you. I, I'm I'm never happy with it, and I, I feel like it's just thrown together from from where I'm looking at it. But I appreciate you thinking it doesn't look like a complete shit show. No, I think it's very <laughs> organized, and I think it's it's good, and, and I think it's just gonna. It has nowhere to go but up. This podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to www.expressvpn.com, use code MSCS, and get 20% off your order. VPN is a power tool for your devices that enhances the internet. With it, you can do three really cool things. One, watch movies and TV from any of your devices, fast and securely. Two, you can use parts of the internet that are blocked in certain countries. Three, you can keep your internet traffic private even when you're on an unsecured public network. That's www.expressvpn.com. Use the code MSCS at checkout and get 20% off your order. Because you. Yeah. The, there's, you can't, even if you don't like it, like I hate Bitcoin. I, I don't like, I like blockchain, mm -hmm. but I don't like Bitcoin, Ethereum, I hate it. Yeah. I'll never fuck with Bitcoin, but I know blockchain's coming. Yeah. And there's no way around it. You know, you got, I'm... I'm all for it. I'm just concerned that the government's going to come in, and I just can't see them letting that go. Well, Jordan, uh, what's his name? Jordan Belford. Belford. He had a great little. I think I saw this on TikTok. He would have the way to get around it if there was. Oh, dude, he, he's actually pretty deep into <laughs> NFTs. I bet and, he and stuff fucking now. is. I bet he fucking is. But I saw he he'd be an interesting uh, brain to pick. But he saw I saw a uh, I think it was a TikTok where he was given a, a seminar presentation or anything, or something and he was talking about you know regulation is coming he's like it's going to be a good thing he's like when I was selling um, penny stocks back in the day it was unregulated and when regulations came in we were like oh man this is it it's going to end it it you know shows over let's go figure out some other way to make money he's like when regulations came in it went up a hundred times that entire market increased because now financial or uh, uh, institutional investors can get in because now it's regulated so now you have more money come in so there will be some turbulent waters while these things are put in place but and actually my buddy john did uh through law school i don't know if i'm allowed to say it. i think I, I i think i can he did a um a uh internship with the sec and I'm not going to go over all this stuff. You better be and, careful with the SEC, and, boy. <laughs> I, I don't think he told me anything I'm not allowed to repeat, but just to be safe, I will just say he got some interesting intel and like they're, they they realize they have to figure it out because it's it's inevitable. If they fight it or pretend it doesn't exist, it just causes too many gaps. So the regulation, like I said, it'll be turbulent for a while, but once it's here, I think it'll just make this stuff all solid. Now, the whole blockchain thing, so say it's regulated, right? government comes in fucks it up because they fuck everything up whenever they get involved you know you could take a website that the government kicks down i'm not talking about something crazy that should be kicked down just one that they don't like and they kicked it down because of i can or whatever right but you could put it in amsterdam and there's nothing they can do yeah is that something you can do with blockchain whereas 100%. if the gov you can yeah 100 percent. there's there's a there's always going to be a way i mean humans are very <laughs> uh creative and, and inventive with ways to circumvent things and uh there's always going to be like a dark web factor to uh the internet there's always going to be an anonymous uh accounts like one thing that there's a big joke in the uh crypto community a lot of a lot of guys will be like oh i lost it in a boating accident that's what they always say about i had all my bitcoin on this wallet this crypto wallet 
and I lost it in a boating accident, so you can't charge me taxes. Well, this money's still out there somewhere in a wallet, but it's at the bottom of a lake. Now, if a few decades down the road, somebody finds it at the bottom of the lake and they take the Bitcoin out of it, then good for them. But you're not going to be able to tell because it's an anonymous wallet that's out there. You saw my money go into it. I told you I lost it. You don't have a way to prove that I didn't. Yeah, that's until Bitcoin that's at, what, 50 grand now, 40 grand now, goes to zero. Yeah, it's actually And then you can find that wallet and fucking it's worth nothing. Yeah, if, if it goes, the way I look at Bitcoin is as a, a storage of value. I don't think it's meant to be transactional. Like, you're not no, supposed it was, to buy No, your it was never. It. If you read about the guy who invented it, uh, Sasha, whatever his name is. Uh, Satoshi, yeah. Right, Satoshi. It was never, it was never created for like retail yeah. and shit like that. It was more created, in my opinion, from what I comprehended, like a Venmo, right? Like you and I are going to eat, we split the bill. Even, even not even to that extent, like the way I look at it is it's supposed to be a storage of value where like, let's say a good analogy that I heard is your family farm. You don't sell an acre of your family farm to buy a Corvette. You hold on to the family farm and you get a loan against it. But that family farm is going to be passed down generation after generation after generation, eventually sell it to condo company or something. But the idea is you don't use your family farm's equity to buy coffee. You take out a loan against it, but you never sell the farm because that's where the value is. Getting the money, now you've got a depreciating asset, whereas they're not making more real estate. But we know that the government's only printing out more money. So Bitcoin is... Completely capped. Uh, there's, uh, you know, 21 million initially created. That's possible. There's been thousands and thousands lost. Um, they're, I think they're speculating that there are only there's like less than 18 million actually that are accessible. Uh, maybe even less than that. But there will never be more. Unlike our money, which will just keep on printing out. So you would hold your Bitcoin, and in the future, there's already options to do this. But in the future, it's only going to be more so. Um, I was I was on in this one forum with a, a woman who's in mortgages and she's saying I'm getting these kids who are they're doing gig, gig work and all their assets are in crypto. They're basically millionaires on paper, but I can't give them a mortgage. The financial institutions have to figure out how to accommodate these guys because the oh, reality fuck. is more people are going to be that way. And if, hmm. if I can't give you a loan, I'm out of business. I can't collect interest on loans I don't put out. So the financial institutions are going to have to figure out a way to. Shit recognize bitcoin as an asset he does mortgage have you ran into that have you ran into that yet where somebody was trying to like show bitcoin as an asset like they make six <clears throat> figures doing gig work but it's like these are 12 different companies paying you last year you made a quarter million but like i need a w2 i personally haven't uh, faced that yet but it's out there I'm it's, sure it's, has. it's great. yeah yeah the, the guy he works with you know he's, he's older than him i'm sure he has but that's what it's going to be because these kids are that they're making Bitcoin with fucking games and all this other shit while they're at home. And then you go. That's why. Why do you think the government has not stepped in yet? This is the only type of currency of sort that the IRS has not jumped on within fucking seconds. I don't think they understand it enough to really pin it down. They have the they have the tech people to understand it. They they do, but I think it's it's um, getting the the regulation. Like I said, I, I think a lot of it is like they have to start changing definitions to encapsulate some of this stuff so they can go after it. If I if I take that from you, and then you can take me to court, not only do you get that back, but then you sue me for all the damages. Like that makes me look like an ass, and I just spent a bunch of the government's time and money being an ass. So now I have to change the definition. So now I can take your thing if it is warranted. But like they were trying to figure out how to define these things and where's the definition of security going to you know come to play. Well, if you mean to tell me that the United States, how long has 
Bitcoin been big? Three, four years now? Maybe right. five? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's since probably 14. If the IRS cannot figure out with all the brains that they got around how they can regulate and lose all that money, all those get those kids that made $7 million and pulled out and went and bought a house and all this other shit, but they couldn't tax it coming out of the Bitcoin at the time, like coming out of the Coinbase at that time. The banks weren't even messing with it. Yeah. You're going to tell me that it takes our government five years to figure it the fuck out. There's more to it than that. Well, they, they do have uh, regulations that are already in place. Like if you want to um, attract, if you want to deal with U.S. consumers, you have to do what they call KYC, which is like know your client or know your consumers. Yeah, KYC is, uh, I think, know your client. And that means that for you to trade on my platform and buy Bitcoin, I need a copy. And this isn't me. This is Uncle Sam saying I need a copy of your license or something to prove who you are so I can tell un Uncle Sam that you just made a million bucks that he gets to tax you on. Now, if you have an IP or if you're a citizen in another country or whatever else, that's that's fine. I can do business with you. But to do business and connect to any banks or deal with anybody coming from an IP address in this country, I have to have KYC or you have to show me that you're a Filipino resident who's just living in, in Florida temporarily. But I need your passport. I need something to know who you are. So they are starting to regulate it that way. And the thing is, just because they can't tax you today, this is all on blockchain. Yeah. So if it connects to your yeah. bank account that's at one point, that's what they're going to do. They're going to come back and be like, oh, and you owe us some penalty fees. Never thought about claiming. it like that. You motherfucker. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> yes. You got it. That's that what they're they going to do. They get more taxes that yeah. way, too. That's what they're going to do, bro. That's what they're going to do. I'm like, well, why didn't you Why didn't you claim? Yeah. You know, like, oh, filed. Oh, that fucking yacht that you bought five years ago? Yeah, you, you was, uh, instead of the 39%, we'll take 25. Yeah. You got two years or you're going to go do Wesley Snipes time. Yeah, yeah, You know what exactly. I mean? That, motherfucker. I bet you that's what they do, too. Mm -hmm. So all you guys out there that spend all your Bitcoin money... They're coming. There's yeah. no way they're not going to come, right, man? No, there's too much money being generated. This is too big. It's 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 bigger than anything. So what they'll do is they'll take the top guys, say like the top, you know, million people, right, that made the money, and they'll hit them all, and they'll say, look, here's the deal, 20%, oh, or go, you're paying for or do you think they'll go after everyone? I think they'll go after everybody because they're, probably fucking right. they're, they're going to go to Coinbase and say, give us your list. Damn, I never thought about that. Yeah, they'll go after everybody. Yeah, that's how they're going to get their money back. Yeah, and they're gonna, that's, why, oh. that's why they're like, go ahead. It's just like if you're doing something illegal with the feds, <laughs> go ahead, which is to me is crazy. Oh, you sell drugs and hurt kids? Go ahead. We'll wait. We'll wait. Oh, that kid fell over. We'll wait. We'll wait. And then whenever, you know, whenever they know you have enough money and it's worth it to them, yeah. boom. Crack but they'll up. wait. Yeah. That's what they're going to do, Casey. Huh? Yeah. And it'll be easy for Son them of a point. bitch. And I didn't, I didn't think of that all this fucking time. Yeah. yeah. It'll be, it'll be rough. That's why, that's why, like I said, all these guys are losing their wallets in boating accidents and they're not cashing out the right. Bitcoin. They're just holding on to it. And then when the government sees it, so now... It, again, it's based on scarcity. If I have X amount of diamonds in the world and now the government sees these diamonds, these other diamonds are worth more money because there's fewer in the market. There's fewer that I can buy and sell. So when the government starts seizing Bitcoin, what's going to happen to the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these others? They're, they're going to go into some government wallet and you're going to go through litigation and prison and whatever else and they'll figure out when you can get that back, if you can get it back. But until then, it's not on the market. And that's going to be another spike up in in all cryptocurrency and now that we circle back around it would be massively beneficial to blockchain if the government did step in mm -hmm. because if they try to censor it and do all that crazy shit who cares you can move it yeah but 
given if they come in and it's regulated, now it's way more valuable yeah. and useful for business, buy a house, everything else. Oh, yeah. But yeah. until then, it's kind of, you're kind of in a bubble until then, right? Yeah. I mean, right now there are some institutional uh, investment money coming in a lot, actually. And uh, like, for instance, the mayor of Miami is huge. I mean, I think that, I don't know if it's an option or if it's already part of the portfolio, but for retirement portfolios for uh, city workers, they can invest in Bitcoin. Wait, you could put your retirement money in Bitcoin? Yes. Really? You know that too? Really? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Okay. It wasn't, within the last couple of years, uh, Jamie Dimon was saying that Bitcoin was going to zero. JP Morgan already has a space in Decentraland. Just because these guys are telling you that it's going to shit doesn't mean anything. They're secretly buying up positions and they might be doing it through shell companies so you don't see it. But that's the way I look at it. I was talking to this one guy, my uh, my friend actually uh, went to um, LBS with London Business School. This guy was doing uh, consulting work for big tobacco companies. And I was talking to him. I was like, what are, you know, what's going on? I know they're pushing back on, on marijuana. They see it as a threat and everything else. He's like, yeah, but what you don't see is in the background, they're buying up the players in the industry. So while they're trying to tell politicians to put in regulations and to slow the burn of that, they're positioning themselves while it's still cheaper. So while these right. companies are like, oh, I might get shut down and raided by the feds, it's like, yeah, you might be. Your business is worth less now, so we'll scoop it up for $10 million instead of giving you the, the proper $30 million. And It's the same thing with this. If they keep Bitcoin down at thirty grand, forty grand, they can accumulate more of it. Then all of a sudden, they get to turn around to their portfolio owners and just be like, look at all this Bitcoin we've got for you. We made you a bunch of money, and now it's at six figures. And now you have to pass. Mm -hmm. And you think the same thing will happen with marijuana? Because right now it's still a, a Schedule 1, yeah. which, which I can't, I still can't comprehend that, you know, having knowing the system a little bit. Yeah. That it's a Schedule 1, but in half the states you can just walk in and get it. Mm -hmm. The other half you just go and say, uh, I have anxiety, here's a card, yeah. but yet it's equivalent to heroin yeah. federally. Yep. So now you think with that, they're going to come back around just like with the fucking Bitcoin yeah. and say, you, you, and you, and you, you owe us, right? Yeah. Or they just buy them out and they run the shit. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's all about money and power. And politicians need people to finance their campaigns right. for them to grow. These companies want to get positions. So, like, if I know a stock or an industry is about to explode, I want to get in that position and I would love for it to stay cheap as long as possible. So every month I can buy a little bit more as I have my income coming in and get a better position. And now let's pop the cork on it and let it go. And it's like, so I have a new analogy and you tell me if, if, if you think so too, right? So the reason why they're not regulating Bitcoin yet is because they're letting people like you and like the big brains of blockchain build it all up, get it all ready so the government doesn't have to do it. And then once it's almost perfected, before it can really take off when it's right there, just about to be perfected, boom, they step in and take it. Y yeah. With the weed, they let everybody figure out the weed, how to grow it right, how the distribution works. Once that, you know, the groundwork's done, boom, then they come in and take it. Yeah. And it, it's, huh. it's not so much the government and the politicians, but I think it's the people who influence them with their dollars. So it's like, hey, I'm going to donate to your campaign. Here's what I would like you to push forward on. It's like, yeah, okay, I could do that for ten million. It's like, okay. I mean, it's we all know it doesn't really happen, but we know it happens. You know, yeah. right? We know, it. but I mean, I think that they're they've been waiting this long to let everybody do 
like the the hard work of getting it ready you know building that blockchain getting it ready for all the banks the weed getting the distribution and how it's going to run let them do it all yeah it's a schedule one but we'll look the other way you guys do all the work and then come yank it because like in a state and federal case the state might spend three years investigating somebody right yeah they got them they raid them all those guys spent three years of their time day and night following somebody mm -hmm. boom the feds decide oh he's got 10 million we want him Bye bye state. Yeah. Same thing with this, right? And and going back to wow. the that makes a lot of sense, man. And and right? going back doesn't to that the, make a lot of fucking sense? The conversation I had with the the dude who was doing the um the consulting for the for big tobacco, he basically said they're not going to get their hands dirty when it's still in the gray. They don't want to get risk yeah. getting raided. So Philip Morris might not be doing it under their name, but like this company over here, they'll let them get raided. They'll let that CEO and that board get tired and burn through money and everything else, and then they'll acquire them. Yep. And they also will happen to know, based on the politicians they're endorsing who just won some campaigns, what their agendas are going to be. And they'll be like, yeah, we're going to buy up a bunch of marijuana dispensaries and farms in this state because things are about to go from, uh, what is it, uh, medicinal to recreational. And then that's going to boost up the money. And they time things the right way, and that way they stay out of the crime. Their hands aren't on anything. So if you do get raided, we don't have to worry about the legal fees or anything. But it's like right when you're about to get the finish line, I'll I'll take over for you. That's two for two. Now now I understand why they're waiting to regulate Bitcoin and all that shit. And now I understand why they're letting this weed go. It makes perfect sense, and that's exactly what they would do. Exactly what yeah. they would do. They've been doing this a long time. Unfucking believable. And you, you look at anything, oil, anything that's huh. that's been contentious like that. Huh and has a lot of money, that money goes to politicians. Because once I start making a lot of money, I want to keep people out of my club. I don't want anybody else pumping oil. So let's put some regulations in. Let's make it harder. Let's like They'll ma manipulate the EPA. Because I'm a billion-dollar company, I can handle some EPA regulations, or I'm a massive pharmaceutical company. Yeah, I'll, I'll handle some FTC kind of stuff. But let's make it harder for the new guy who can't afford that. Food, food business, too. Like, you can't wholesale food without the USDA, um, uh, you know, watching over it. You got to pay like a hundred grand a year for USDA rep to be in your facility and monitor everything. Well, if I'm so starting when, off, I can't do that. So when you were doing, while well, you're doing it, the meal prep 101, right? Now, if you wanted to be like uh, HelloFresh, you would have to drop a hundred grand. Not HelloFresh, but if I, if I wholesaled, uh, like if I wanted to wholesale in... Uh, uh, Whole Foods. If I wanted to sell like meal preps for Whole Foods for them to then turn around and sell where I'm not selling directly to consumer, I'm selling to a business who's then they're going to wholesale purchase for me. For me to do that, it has to be from a USDA facility based on the type of foods. Like if I did like raw foods like nuts and stuff like that, it doesn't have to be. But if I'm doing cooked foods and shrimp and all that other stuff, they need a USDA uh, basically like Rep. license kind of right yeah and and it, it's a dude who's who's at the facility it's like hiring a ref to make sure you're doing everything right so you got to hire a guy kind of like SEC regular yeah. SEC regulations you got to hire your own snitch to make sure you're staying in line and that costs 100 grand so if you and I are starting out a little company we're like hey we want to do this we got to pay 100 grand for a snitch 100 grand a year <laughs> to keep this guy right. like, so, what, what are you guys doing over there? Yeah. you know so in a decade we're paying a million bucks for a fucking snitch right and not to say That's it's crazy. It's, no it's i understand bad, it. no it's, it's a good thing but it's That's an example of like how the big companies they can take that cost no problem so they want these regulations cuz it keeps everybody else down yeah so the banks big tobacco like all these you know they it 
it's in their best interest, you know? So then you went the route to show how, right? Yeah. How to start it. Yeah. So selling direct to consumers with the meal prep stuff, that's no sweat. It's, it's easier regulations. You can go through uh, Department of Hotels and Restaurants. Um, there's, uh, what's the other one? I forget. But th that's way easier. The, the Board of Health and stuff like that, that's fine. Originally, what got you into that, though? I never asked you. What originally got you into the meal prep 101? We were clients, and um, we dug, my business partner and I, uh, my former business partner and I, uh, we dug the concept. We didn't like the quality of food that was being done. The customer service sucked. So not knowing anything about making food ourselves, we went in from a client's perspective and just said, let's hire a chef. Let's make this menu. Let's do bigger portions. Let's do higher quality ingredients. Let's make something for executives instead of just like this, you know, gym crowd kind of stuff that's just trying to be cheap. Let's go more expensive, higher quality service. The customer service has to be on point, like white glove Nordstrom level. That's how we always compared ourselves was Nordstrom versus Walmart. Both have clients, but they don't have a lot of crossover. So we want to be the Nordstrom and especially being in Boca, South Good Florida, road. with a lot of money, 24-7 yeah. uh, or uh, 365 bikini season. Like They want that high-end food. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you ever notice, I noticed this when I was doing a bunch of other marketing with sites, like uh, Louis Vuitton, you'll never see a sale there. There's nope. never a sale. Gucci, there's never a sale. They just now started coming out with outlets like five years ago. Yeah. But like Hermes, you'll never fucking nope. see a sale there. So you were trying to be like the Hermes Louis Vuitton of, of the exactly. meal prep, like teaching you how to do it. Yeah. Well, then <clears throat> then that evolved. So we I gotta, mean, it evolved yeah. into that part. But initially, that's what it was. And then you yeah. realized. Started the meal prep. And then I saw how hard it was from the, <laughs> from our perspective. But then also, I make friends. I don't see people as competition. Yeah. They, you know, other people doing what you're doing makes you better. You know, if I was just doing this in a vacuum and there's no one to compete against, like, I'm not going to get better at it. So I make friends with other meal prep owners. Some are smaller. I'd help them and realize how hard it was. And I wanted to learn YouTube. So like you, just learn by doing, jump right in. And I was like, what can I talk about at, at length? And I was like, ah, let's do meal prep stuff. So I started doing uh, meal prep content and that evolved into consulting. And now I've got you know, software I could refer people to, different services, logistics, the marketing service we just started. Um, I do, you know, hourly consulting. I've got boot camps. I've got private crew, you know, <laughs> pull, pull up tab three because you got all, it's your, uh, Keep, like, keeping track of the tabs. Good memory. Yeah. But I remember when you started that, man, you, you were going hard with that fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like, okay, so here's, take us through this. So this is, this is the website. Uh, but primarily people will find me on YouTube. That's where I have, you know, the biggest go following. to the uh, very next tab. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Meal prep is one Oh one. So meal prep is one Oh one.com is the site. And then the YouTube has the same name. Go to videos. Okay. And then it's all kinds of different ways of how to get it going and, and the setup and everything else. Right. Yeah. All sorts. I mean, you'd be surprised how much, stuff you can talk about just talking about making food it's everything from you know plating and menu design to how the ukraine situation is going to affect the uh, economics of the business and gas prices and uh the benefits of starting communities for your uh you know your yeah, clients really and things like that well, what is your thoughts on on the ukraine and that affecting things i think uh it's such a weird scenario because i don't know where it goes from here like if so here's an interesting conversation I was having uh, the other day. What if 
what if Russia drops a nuke? And then there's there's two really shitty scenarios. One is we respond and we start a war. And the other one is we don't respond. And we tell Russia, we signal basically like, okay, you can drop one. And then they drop another one. It's like, okay, you could drop two. Like at what, it, it's just shitty from here. And I don't see Putin backing down. Now, and you can tell he's getting frustrated too. Mm-hmm. He's, and he's running out of money. Even though he's got money somewhere else, but you know, he might not want to touch that. But well, they're saying he's running out of money. I, he, first I off, can't trust okay. everything we're being told. Let me take back my stupid comment because I already know he. I already know he's got a shit ton of money, yeah. but he's using up a lot of fucking resources. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know how many. I don't think he expected. Well, we all know that he didn't expect that he was going to go through two months of bombs and fucking everything else. You know what I mean? I'm, how much can you have stashed there? Well, there's one thing I heard that was very interesting. So um, Ukraine, they obviously do a lot of farming and they, they produce a, a lot of stuff for the rest of the world. And what he's doing right now is like it's some very, I, you know, I always try to listen to smarter people. And this is something that like I wouldn't claim to know much about, but I'll regurgitate some of the thoughts that have resonated that I've, I've taken from other people. Uh, basically, right now is like the planting season, and if they're not planting in the farms and stuff like that, because now they've fled to other countries, if they're not planting, they're not going to have a harvest. So, if Russia were to go in and take over, now they've got to do something. Like it's kind of weird. Whereas if they go in and they just prolong this fight and they ruin the planting season, that cripples Ukraine's economy significantly. So then they can pull out in three months and be like, okay, never mind. And then Ukraine's going to be like, no, 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 no. We need you now. Now we don't have, we don't have any GDP. We, we need you. We need infrastructure. Now, now they need Russia. Mm-hmm. That's and probably the move, right? Yeah. You, and you prolong the fight. Cause I mean, like there's, we've seen over and over, there's no, that, that's the best analogy I've heard. And occupying countries doesn't work. You got to put in like, I think they said that they would need like 200 and something thousand Russians in there to start running the company, the country. Yeah, it's a minimum 250,000. Yeah. And then on top of, even if you got them there, let's just say you got them there, there's still going to be Ukrainian people there. And they're going to be pissed off. They're going to be fighting. mad as fuck. You know, the way he's blowing shit up, somebody knows somebody that's oh, yeah. left that, you know, didn't die a fun and it'd way. it be like little, you know, homemade terrorist kind of attacks, like, you know, IRA in, in Ireland. bombers, fighting. all yeah. kinds of shit. It's going to be that kind of stuff. And it's like, but like he's too smart for that. But like you said, and I agree with you 100%, he's not dumb. Yeah. He's just playing these idiots and they're actually falling for it. Yeah. Um, but like you said, if he does it that way where he flattens them without completely flattening them, you know, just like up to the point to the capital probably. Yeah. Now you need him because you have no income. Yeah. And he doesn't want it because if he takes it over, he's got he's in debt from all the shit that he bombed them with, right? Now he comes in, he's fucked because now he would have to fix all everything that he blew up. But if he keeps flattening, flattening it, flattening it to the point where, you know, the president of Ukraine says, "Well, actually, today he's he's asking to talk. He's getting close to talk, but Putin's going to flatten a little bit more, like you said, until it gets to the point where." They both realize that they need each other, and then it ends. Yeah, and that way the the rest of the world kind of has to go with it because now it's like it's like the, the, the boyfriend who's paying for the rent and everything else like that, and it's like, all right, well, you go off and find it by yourself, and it's just like, well, I kind of like living in the mansion and everything. Tell you what, let's, let's get back together. I'll tell my parents that, you know, I was wrong about what I told them about you and how you're such a scumbag. I'm going to go back, and it's like now the rest of the world is going to be like, 
looking at Ukraine like, what are you doing? And Ukraine's going to be like, no, no, we, we got to be with Russia because they're the only ones who take us back. And now, like, imagine trying to take over that country and rebuild it as, like, the, the guy who came in and just took everything over. Whereas if you're like, I think they, they have to, uh, I think it's through May. So if they keep this going through May, then they can kind of pull out. And now the, the farming season is ruined the agriculture the gdp all that stuff is screwed now they're just going to be debt and infrastructure and like, who's going to help us rebuild so the farming season ends in may i think that's when they have to have all their planting done i think that's what he said so say may june then he then you think he'll stop that's that's one of the analogies or one of the uh, scenarios that uh um, like i said a pretty intelligent dude who's connected with a bunch of people in, in this trading group um that's what he said he's like this is what i'm hearing from everybody else who like they are just obsessed with like all day every day they're making millions of dollars moving money globally so they know about all these different types of economic situations and they're like if the planting isn't done by this time Hmm. like they're not going to have a gdp think about it that makes total sense and he's smart he's not going to set off a nuke he's not going to do that no i mean long it i you know i tig was in here last week again you know the benghazi guy Mm -hmm. he thinks next in uh the next generation for sure no doubt about it he thinks uh, China, Syria, Iran, North Korea, and somewhere else, eventually they'll all line up and China will basically be one massive you yeah. know, continent. And then, of course, then you have two superpowers, but one's really a fucking superpower and it isn't us. Somebody hits the nuke, another one hits the nuke, North Korea says, fuck, well, we better hit one too, and then yeah. that's it. And we the way we they, wipe ourselves out. And the way they say, like, they... they f- travel so fast these like supersonic nukes it's like we were talking that was another thing they're so fast now they go at the speed of sound Mm -hmm. so from china to florida it's like they did the calculations but i think they're wrong it it said 15 minutes but i think when you're on the speed of sound i would say probably you know i think they go faster than sound because we got jets that do i don't see like the in the rockets you know you could fire stuff off jets that go faster than jets and catch up to other jets to hit them so you got to imagine well okay so what we're aware of is that they have the capability to shoot it at the speed of sound and even at the speed of sound that's not enough time for us to knock it down if you got that thing coming and you only got say 10 minutes if we can even see it if you can even see it and you have to have the the infrastructure the the equipment to see it to see it and then to suck the fucking thing in when you know (laughs) when you're let's just stay with the speed of sound i mean there's no time for anything yeah you know you're off by any decimal you're not going to catch it and by the because I, I believe it goes up right it goes out of the atmosphere and then down and then bang so yeah to avoid friction and, and then how the we need elon for that one <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting and that's what's scary about communism is it's such a long game where like they're they don't want any other competing models of government out there they just want to grow and they'll align with other communist countries because mm-hmm. our citizens aren't going to be looking at your citizens going, oh, let's let's do that. They're all looking at the states when they can get through the Internet and when everything that's so heavily gated and firewalled. But when they hear about us and our freedom, that creates a little bit of a, you know, a resistance. A li- you know, people don't like being in a mm-hmm. communist situation. So if we can get rid of all of the other models of business or of uh, government that aren't communist, now they've got nothing else to look at and they're just going to stay in line. So that's the way I look at it. Is they're going to be like Russia? You guys are on our side. We like your business model, or your I keep saying business model, but that's what it is. And you know, Iran, all these other any countries that are like that, these dictator communist kind of countries, 
they like that because now they don't have to worry about a rebellion rising up in their own uh, their own countries. Yeah, like I, like I said, I think they'll all come together, and I think China is smart enough to say, like Iran, you can still be Iran, but you're under China. Like yeah. China's like the boss, right? Yeah. And then you have Syria and the rest of them under them. Yeah. But China's like the boss. But you're with China. Going back to monarchies. But you could keep your name because you know, like they want, they would want to keep their name, Syria, whatever. But really, you're fucking China. Yeah, you know what and I mean. It's it's just like monarchies. Like, okay, yeah. you're you're the Dutch, of, you're exactly. the Duke of this area. You control that, but you know, I'm your boss. History, They'll pay you some taxes. History just, always repeats, right? Exactly. Just in a different fucking way. And that way, like we worry about, like one thing that really annoyed me is how many people would say, like, oh, Putin doesn't know what he's doing. Putin's an yeah. idiot. It's like, dude, he's been doing this since the '90s. Like, he's had his job since the '90s. We change our guy every four to eight years, and it's the most important job in the country, and you're getting the hang of it, like, for the first time, and you have a four-year stint in it. Putin's been doing this for 90s. decades, dude. He came in in, in 90. 90, yeah. and then he had, like, a two-year uh, hiatus or something in between there? So yeah, where he let somebody else so it looked like it wasn't a— uh, Like, straight, so let's just say 90, so he's 30 fucking years, 32 years. You know, worst case, 25 years and as president, man. <laughs> and these people actually get on TV and, oh, he's slow. There's something wrong. Maybe he does have cancer. Maybe he was in the bunker with the cancer. The funniest thing to me was that they were like, oh, yeah, Putin was in a bunker because he was afraid of COVID. Um, I don't think Putin is afraid of COVID. I think he probably did have cancer and he was probably getting treatment in his little bunker thing. But he was not down there. The guy rides a fucking bull. Well, and the thing is that, like, they'll show these pictures where it's like, at a Putin table. hiding from COVID? I don't think so. Well, they, they, here's the other thing to think of. He's poisoned so many people. And it's <laughs> I not like, me to laugh at me. He's not, he's not going to get voted out, right? So how are they going to get him out? And he knows this. So you see him in these pictures where he's having a meeting, but he's 20 feet down the table from everybody else. Because if I'm 20 feet from you, it's hard for me to shake your hand and put some poison on you or something like that. Oh, yeah, believe me. They want to whack you know? him. There's no doubt they want to whack him. His own people want to fucking oh, yeah. whack him. But these, these oligarchs right now, yeah. they're like, okay, you, you made us rich, but now we're we're losing. I want my yacht back. Let's let's find some poison or put an, a spray on or something like that. And if you're 20 feet away, it just makes it harder. So I think that's really what it was. I don't think he's paranoid about COVID or any of that other jazz. Hell no. He knows he's upset some people and he can't trust anybody. And I, I heard his, his circle is getting smaller and smaller. Smaller, yeah. I, I think that I think you're 100% right. I think he'll go to the end of the, the harvest season because it makes total sense, and then he'll make the deal, or and, they'll make the deal. And the other the other example or the other uh, evidence that I, I heard that this gentleman was talking about, and again, he heard this from smarter people, but we've been seeing all these videos like, oh, there's like these 18-year-old soldiers from Russia, and like they don't know what they're doing. They're all these young kids, and he's using the worst equipment. It's all out. It's like... Do you think that would be the best ones to send to prolong a fight? Like, I could go in there, I could nuke you today, and it's over. I could send these ballistic missiles in there, and it's over. Or I could send you the kids that are expendable because I'm a communist and I'm heartless and I'm just going to let these kids die. And then he's paying the the parents, I think, like sixty grand or something like that if, if you die in combat. So he's going to send the new kids out. He's going to send the shitty equipment out. He's going to prolong the fight and just make it look like he's trying, but he's mm-hmm. not really trying. And he's keeping all the good stuff and all the trained pros, you know, all this the Spetsnaz guys and all that. The Red Hats. They're, they're yeah. staying back there. <clears throat> EK, who said that? Did I not say that about two months ago? I said that. Everybody's saying that, you know, he's weak or whatever. And I said, look, if you think that Putin's going to put his A-list guys to take out Ukraine, you're fucking crazy. He's not going to show his cards for mm-hmm. Ukraine. 
No. Right? It'd be he, a one-night thing, or one, it's going to be a prolonged... He sent his dummies, and then he hired other soldiers from other countries to go do this shit. He's not going to show it, because if he puts his best guys to take out Ukraine, now he shows his hand to us, China, who he may... Even though they're getting along today, you know, whoever, North Korea... He is, I kept saying this to everybody, there's no fucking way he's going to take his top guys to take out Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Even if it didn't go in three days, like he got bad intel, whatever it may be. He is not sending his red hat guys in to take fucking Ukraine, nor is he going to use any of the heavy equipment that he has that he doesn't want people to know to take them out. Because if you notice, he's shooting shit at them that, you know, we had 40 years ago, 20 years ago, right? He's not shooting anything new. No, right? he's he's knocking the dust off the old stuff that they didn't care. It's like some o- old Soviet issue kind of stuff. They're like, ah, let's it's probably got fucking rust on it. See if it even works anymore. Like, <laughs> use that stuff. Yeah, shoot it and see if it goes off. But he's he's like a black belt in jujitsu or judo. He's ex KGB. Like he's not a dummy. He like Russia is one of the most, if not the most, corrupt countries in the world. And he climbed to the top of that. It's like, would you call a mob boss an idiot? No, like these you guys. Still have, I don't care what you're doing to to get to the top. You have to beat other people out. Yeah, and to beat other people out, you have to be strategic, manipulative, in control, strategize. Not doing it. If you if you're appearing irrational, it's because you've decided to look irrational to throw your opponents off, so they miscalculate you. And he's been very quiet, very few words. He'll say a little something here and there, but nothing else. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. So all these people, whenever these talking heads get on CNN or wherever else, and they're like, "Oh, he's making mistakes. He didn't think about this. Oh, he didn't think we would throw throw uh what the the tariffs on and and like play with the financial institutions." Like, yeah, dude, he did. And now what's he done? He I think he just cut off uh, gas to two countries like Belarus, not Belarus, uh, two countries. I, I just heard the other day he like cut off supplying them. There. Yeah, well, he wanted rubies and they were like, we're not paying in rubies. And he's like, well, then go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's what he did. And he can. And he's like, I can print my own money and I've got this big ass country and I've got way more stuff than you guys have. Casey, but how can these people believe that this guy is actually stupid and that like how can a human being that has a brain that works, think that Russia is going to show their hand to take out Ukraine. That's, How can you possibly think that? I think I don't think they actually believe it. I think that's the narrative they want. Like if you look Brainwash at, shit, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at everything that we see, even in, in movies, like the bad guy is always a bad guy. There, We never see like what his reasoning is. He's just an evil person. For some reason, he just wants the world to burn. Okay. I like the Marvel movie uh, with the, 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 the recent Avengers with Thanos because it shows Thanos' backstory and how he's doing the blip to, you know, nix out 50% of the population so that they don't later on suffer. So it's actually a really humanitarian and compassionate thing that he's doing. He just has to do it in a very evil way. Nobody wants to entertain anybody else's backstory. Putin is irrational. He's acting out of anger. He he's callous, yada yada yada. Some of that might be true, but to discount your opponent and to not really consider the fact that he's just a really good chess master, and he might be seeming like he's irrational, he's emotional, he's playing with his ego, and in reality, he's just trying to psych you out. So you think, okay, he did this move once, he did it twice. Oh, I bet he's going to do it a third time, and that's when you get a fake and a rope a dope, and now you're waking up on canvas. Yeah, I I don't think he's. I don't think he's done anything irrational. It's fucking war. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody wants to see what's going on, but it's war. Yeah. So what's irrational? He's not doing anything. Okay, he's hitting civilians. Well, you know, 
not that I'm for any, you know, fuck, you know, it's horrible what's going on. But when you are bombing civilians that have machine guns, I mean, you know, they're, they keep saying these war crimes. How can you hit him with war crimes? Even if in that apartment, say that apartment building, there's a hundred civilians, right? Mm -hmm. But one has a gun. How can you can't hit him with a war crime because that would be an enemy or yeah, a possible enemy, it's, right? It's Am I hard. Right? Yeah, when the country recruited civilians to take up arms, it's going to be weird. And you and I know how we feel about it. But then we get to the court of law where it's like the we've got these stringent definitions of what is and isn't. And it's like, okay, well, when you recruited a bunch of people, what and and let's say it is. Let's say he's, he's bombing preschools. Like, what are we going to do about it? That's what's really scary. Is like this is a situation. Like a good analogy is. We see a bully beating up a little kid, and the bully's got a gun in his back pocket, and we're standing there, and he's like, you can jump in, and then I get the gun, and I make it worse for everybody, or you just sit there and watch me beat up this kid. And it's like, geez, this is a really shitty yeah, position. Yeah, because, you know, you see all these civilians getting taken out in Ukraine, and they got families, but then you have to look at it the other way, too. There's somebody in that building, I'm sure, with a gun that, they gave civilian guns where then that gave him the kind of like, okay to bomb them. Now you got to remember Putin's an asshole. He does not care about life, yeah. you know? And that's what sucks is because, you know, he's, he's killing a, he, he doesn't need to hit that place, but he can hit it. And he knows that if they try to hit him, like you said, in the court of law, he could say, well, you know, one of those guys had a gun. Yeah. And then, then there's nothing. And the only way you get and he doesn't need up. to hit those places. Like he doesn't need to do that, but He's an asshole. It's a, it's a morale war. It's it's making people terrified to go home and sleep at night. And he's not going in there to win hearts and minds. He's going in there to put people in pain and sh have them you know paralyzed by fear. And uh, you know the, it's you don't get him to show up to you know the Nuremberg trials unless you beat him. You know the only way that this is going to end on terms that aren't Putin's, I'm afraid, are if someone from within is somehow able to poison him and he doesn't have a body. Like, you always hear about, like, how these guys have body doubles and stuff. What if there's a group of people around him and, like, the body double gets, or, like, real Putin gets killed or the body double gets killed and they just have another body double come up and then just keep pushing the same agenda? I'm sure he's got a body double. Like, he had, Saddam he, had one. I think yeah. Gaddafi had one. I mean... So he definitely one. has one. And, like, your analogy that you made is good, but... If it happens here in the U.S., sure, you jump in and you help. But this isn't our problem. You know, we keep getting in people's other shit. It's sad to see. You know, it's upsetting. But they've been fighting forever. This has been going on forever. It's just that Putin now see who, sees who's in office and he knows he can get away with it. He doesn't have to worry. Yeah. Before, he had to worry. <laughs> yeah. Now he doesn't have to worry. And that's the thing is like with, with Trump, I remember there was like something around Christmas where he was at dinner. I think it was his, his first December and he was like at having dinner and he ordered like a miss, missile strike or something just casually. Yeah, and he went up and whispered to the guy and, and fucking like, the guy was in pieces. Yeah, I was like, that's that's an interesting flex because that makes it seem like you're just going to be cavalier about ordering drone strikes or missile strikes or whatever that was. But it also sets a tone for the other countries where they're like, this guy might not be stable. Let's not let's not bluff. Dude, he went to dinner. Who who was it that he blew up? The guy. Was it Yeah, he, he he's at dinner with the, with the president, and he goes up and he goes, "I just fucking killed your top general." <laughs> at dinner, like they like they're going to eat dinner. Hey, I'll take a flaming yawn, some mashed potatoes. What would you like? I gotta go take a leak. He gets the call. Guy's dead. Comes back out. Hey, I just killed your fucking general, motherfucker. Keep fucking with me. 
And that set the tone. And pass Yo. the salt. <laughs> yeah. And the pepper, motherfucker. Or you're next. And then from that point on, no one even thought twice. Yeah. You know? And that's that's the thing is, uh, unfortunately, right now, nobody has confidence in, in Biden. He doesn't have the tone of being irrational. He's very predictable. And in a situation like that, it's not a good wartime present to have. I swear they're just telling him to, to make the dumbest decisions possible so that when 2024 comes around and whether it's Hillary, Michelle, whoever may run, you can't do any worse than him. So whoever runs can just say, well, he was horrible and this is what we're going to do, you know, because it makes him so look so, so bad. And then the new fresh Democrat comes in. Look, I don't, whatever that guy did was Great. Look what he did. Look what Biden did. Open the borders. He did this. He did that. We're against that. You know what I mean? I think if Michelle runs, it's over. She wins. Yeah, I think she has a, a people. People love familiar names and faces. Um, I'm wondering if Biden has just burnt the Democratic Party so bad that if if any candidate really has an honest chance against, I mean, Trump is still a major contender, and even if he doesn't run. He's a kingmaker, so whoever he endorses, like if he were to turn around and endorse DeSantis instead of trying to, you know, butt heads with him, DeSantis would be an easy shoe in. Um, but I think the Republican Party uh, in general has a major advantage because I don't know what Biden's going to do through the rest of his term, but unless he really turns it around and somehow makes the, the party of Democrats look like champions, people are going to be really bitter that they voted Trust the party, stuck with the party, voted for him. Like, you put up a dumb. <clears throat> I think the only one that could that could run and win is Michelle because now you have a woman, African American. She's very intelligent. She's smart, good talker. Seems like a very nice lady and young, and that'll be a good thing to compete against Trump. Is and like, I think she could beat him. So I think yeah. she's the only. I think she is the only person that could beat him. Yeah, nobody else, unless there's like another male on ballot. Then I mean. You know, fucking John Smith down the street could beat him. You know? Yeah, I like I like uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I think that's her last name. But she, uh, I don't think she's as well known. And she's like, she's a very kind of conservative leaning Democrat. And like you were saying, that's what they would need is like to come back towards the middle because that's where everybody is. Yeah. Everyone's in the middle, but you can't divide us if we're all. The problem with her is she doesn't have the energy. She doesn't have that energy to go up against the in, guy. In the brand, like everyone yeah. still loves Obama, so just you know, being Michelle Obama, it'll. I think. I think you're 100% right. She's yeah. the best uh, horse in the stable right now, so to speak. Now, why do you think now, all of a sudden now, you know, they're starting to come out and show pictures of UFOs or what they think UFOs, and it's not, you know, a couple people said, oh, well, there's phones now. No, no, these are fighter jets seeing these yeah. things. Now, it could be military that we don't know about. It could be, it could be you know, other life, other, you know, fucking saucers or whatever the fuck. But why do you think now is coming public? Whereas five years ago, people talked about it, but they weren't like breaking news. Guy was in jet and the guys got it on the radar and they have the actual footage and they're trying to track the fucking thing and they can't multiple different times. And again, we're not talking about me or you or the kid in the street with the phone that sees a star. That no, moves. it's official. This is government a, uh, this is a military guy in a fucking fighter jet with radar asking, should I shoot this fucking thing? Basically. Now, why now do you think it's coming to light? As if they didn't see this shit before. I think. I think. Um, I mean, what's what's interesting is the the amount of stuff that now is considered like completely acceptable, and the stuff that would, if you mentioned you believed in this stuff, 
just even a few years ago made you like the crazy uncle who wore a tinfoil hat and lived in a trailer <laughs> like it's accepted now but it's pretty ingenious because they're trickling this stuff out where it's not this big shock or revelation and they're also doing it while there's so much other stuff going on that i think that they it's inevitable that it's going to get out they know eventually there's going to be something it might be in a year it might be in a few decades but eventually there will be a oh yeah we have known about this for a long time and your uncle wasn't crazy back in the 80s when he said he was abducted yeah they were we did have a problem with them doing that and now they don't do that anymore maybe they still do i don't know but i think they're releasing it so that there's not that big uh like uh, reaction because I've got friends who like a few years ago they're like ah aliens I don't think so that's pretty crazy and now they're just like oh yeah well I mean of course the universe is so big and it's just like so in other words you think that the reason why they're letting this footage out is to ease in bring us in through the shallow bre- bre- ease in and let let AI come out let all this other crazy shit come out so that when you then say hey yeah there is other life there's other crap that has been here we have it it's not really a big deal because by now you have fucking robots walking around in your house getting your food. Mm-hmm. You're not going to a game anymore or a concert. You're putting on glasses and you're at the concert. So now when you say, hey, a ship from another universe came. Oh, really? Let me go back to my game, right? Yeah, yeah. The it, ease into it. Yeah, and it'll, hmm. be, it'll be a series of like, I don't think- You got the answers, boy. I don't think there'll <laughs> be a big event. I think it'll be like, oh, we're aware of this. Oh, we've got communication. There's a pattern. Now it's communication. Now we can go back and forth. Here, they're going to come and visit us, or we're going to go to a space station, a station and meet. I think they've already been here. There's uh, yeah. guys in other governments that have come out, and they're like, yeah, we've been working with them for decades. There's a, there's a Canadian guy. What he said. Um, he was testifying in what looked like the setting was like the equivalent of like a congressional hearing or something, but in Canada. And he was like, yeah, there's like these different types. And we were working with one by the name of this. And there's great crafts or what? No aliens like in Canada, tall grays. Yeah. If you, if you could look it up like Canadian government official aliens or something like that. Yeah. Type in on Canadian government official aliens. Yeah. Just see what comes up. I think that would be it. It's like an older guy. I think he was like balding with glasses and he was like, oh yeah, you know, we've worked with some and we've got relationships with others. There was like an Israeli government scientist who came out um, not too long ago. He was like, yeah, we've been working with them for a while, but like people weren't ready for that. And especially if you go back to the eighties, the way information came out, it would be too shocking, too jarring. You'd have people committing suicide and like no longer caring about the government because they're like, you're just a cop. You're just a. Per- There's guys up there with ray guns. Like I'm not afraid of you anymore. I've got right. this. And then you have to worry. And then religion too, religion. because that that takes a. You yeah. know, you really got to be gentle releasing that information because a lot of religions, <clears throat> not all of them. I was incorrect the other day. I thought it would kill religion altogether. What they came out with it, but I guess it wouldn't. But some religions it would. But it would be, it would fuck people up because how if you thought how if the people how if people real thought that when your mom or your dad dies, you're never, ever going to see them again. A lot of people wouldn't be able to move on. Yeah. You know, so I think religion is a good thing for that so that you can continue on with your life and have hope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Regardless of what, you know, you believe or I believe or think, who the fuck knows? And know? it keeps some people kind of in line where they'll, uh, uh, Canadian government official aliens that might bring something up and then he said that and that guy in uh canada he said he was actually working on the aliens yeah they, they were working with us on like technology and um i forget specifically yeah, yeah former defense minister yeah wow. click that 
So he's not just the dude. Scroll yeah. down. Yeah. Oh shit. At least four. Yeah, he was talking about the different species and describing them. I think he was like talking about even like maybe where they were from or their attributes. It's like yeah, there's tall grays and short grays and dark grays. Exit, and dark exit grays. that out. So it says former Canadian Defense Minister says aliens would share advanced tech if we'd stop being so hostile. Yeah. The question of whether we are alone in the universe is one of the biggest mysteries of existence. Certainly, the sheer size, age, diversity of small portions of our universe we have investigated would seem, you know, basically we only know a fucking penny of what's out there. Yeah. That's amazing. Fuck. And this it, is eight years ago, and it just it just doesn't, we don't. And now you would it. think that would be on every every news station on the planet. You know, with with everyone kind of being more normalized by the idea that the governments, you know, have their secrets and whether they don't have to necessarily be malicious kind of um, in motives, but I don't think people are as shocked by the fact that the government doesn't tell us everything. And we are, we are going to find out more and more truths that we were told are completely opposite of, you know, what reality is. It's like, Oh, by the way, you know, this, you know, Oswald wasn't the guy in 9-11. We did know about it or it was an inside job or something. Maybe maybe those will be bad examples. But the Oswald Kennedy thing is a big example, because now I think most people, if you ask them, they don't think that Oswald was the guy or at least not alone. Whereas back then you were crazy if you said that. So now as we start getting more used to the government, accepting the fact that they lie to us or hide stuff from us now dropping the alien stuff, it won't be as shocking as if you know, we were to all of a sudden find out in the eighties, like there's aliens, they're here. We're working with them. They've been around forever. And then people just lose their minds. Yeah. It, it was Oswald forever. And then when technology started to get better, people started realizing, you know, if a gun hits you, your head isn't going to go like this, like where the shot came from. Couldn't have been Oswald. Cause you couldn't see the, 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 the sniper, the Zapruder, really? Zapruder film or whatever. Zapruder, yeah. You couldn't see that so easily. Mm. They didn't have the information spreading like this. So I think that's the other thing. Like you asked, why are they doing it now? Because, information is only spreading faster and it's getting harder for them to control it, especially with blockchain coming. Like if something gets out and they can't shut it down on Twitter and there's information that's now on a decentralized platform, that's going to be scary for the governments. Cause now they're like, well, we can't pressure Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey to turn this down. Now it's just out there. Now we got to tell the masses to censor themselves. Not going to happen. Yeah. They got, they got to beat it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that they got to start slowly coming out with it before it's all the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you think about black holes? Black holes fascinate me. And uh, I think, I, I mean, I'm, all, I'm always trying to learn more about, I mean, I'll go, those are some other kind of rabbit holes I go down into, like thermodynamics and um, just, it, I, the way I look at it is there's an infinite amount of stuff, no matter what you focus on. It's like you can go infinitely small and get into microscopic stuff and atomic level stuff some sub some sub atomic particles and then you can expand infinitely out as well whether you want to zoom in or zoom out and then you go out and you just think about the stuff that's above us 24 hours like our entire existence and it's just out there consuming things black holes i i there's a growing uh uh theory now that they they might be gateways to other universes mm -hmm. and stuff and the fact that they constantly consume and just take in matter that's just infinitely compressed i'm not a astrophysicist but like i don't understand how that exactly works without it being maybe to shot out <clears throat> shot out somewhere there's some other big bangs simultaneously happening and, out there 
Well, if you talk to Robert Beto, he'll tell you there was never a big bang. Yeah, I, that, remember, was, that was good. a good episode. And I he, love. Next he, time you have that guy in, I'm, let me know. I'll just listen, stand there. I've been I've been harassing him. He's in. Uh, he's a busy dude. He's in fucking Japan right now. Oh, yeah. And before that, he was somewhere else because they got the speed of light thing down a hundred percent. But he's he's working with Elon with that molecule. So Elon's making a molecule. His own. I don't know how this fucking guy has the time to do all this, but he's making his own molecule. That will be because now they have the, the speed of light down, right? So people listening to this or watching it are going to think we're nuts. But I talked to the man; he was right across from me. I have the video, Robert Beto, and that was a year ago. Yeah. So imagine where the fuck he is. At that time, he said that they were at ninety nine percent. It was done. The testing was done while he was here. They were doing the final testing. He had to leave to go find like, uh, like verify that it was exactly the way he wanted it because he had gotten the call that it was 100% accurate, 99% of the speed of light. So when he left, he was like, after he ducked out the door, he's like nine foot tall. You know, yeah, he was, he was gone. But the problem was that they had gotten the speed of light down, but they didn't know how to get through the matter because if you're going at the speed of light, you know, he was saying like, if you just spit, like spit would blow up the ship to pieces. Yeah. So Elon Musk is making his own molecule to make his own material that will be able to sustain the impact from particles going at the speed of light. How fucked up is that? And Beto, they go back and forth. He'll never fucking actually say it, Elon Musk, but he says it, but doesn't say it. But then off camera, yeah, you'll know, I, you know, I, I don't like to talk too much about him, you know, because then everybody think, you know, I don't know. You know yeah. how the fuck it is. You yeah, know? so allude to it, but not say it. So now, with the black hole, he was all about that space-time continuum shit. That was his whole fucking thing. Space, he must have said space-time continuum 17 times, and every time my head just blew up, you know? He talked a lot about black holes, and he thought then that it was a gateway. What's fucking crazy, if you go to NASA, right? So here's NASA. This is NASA's website. NASA says a black hole is a place in space where gravity pulls so much that even light cannot get out. The gravity is so strong because matter has been squeezed into a tiny space. How big are black holes? Nobody cares. But it on the NASA site, it says the same shit it always does, right? That it's a black hole, it sucks you and kills you, right? Mm -hmm. You see the same thing I'm seeing if somebody's listening. Now, if you go over here to Hartford, this is Hartford. They're saying they're on the move. And that they basically suck in and throw you out to another universe. Scientists have long theorized supermassive black holes can wander through space, but catching them in the act has been proven difficult. Now researchers from Harvard identified the clearest case to date of a supermassive black hole in motion. The results are published today, blah, 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 blah. So if you read the Harvard Gazette and you go through all this shit here, you'll see that what Harford is saying is, no, we believe that the black hole is actually the wormhole. Because remember, everybody's like, wormhole, wormhole. Yeah. But nobody's ever seen a wormhole. That's just it's talk. A, it's, so it's a natu naturally occurring wormhole, basically. Right. And I, what's funny is I always had them confused growing up, and I almost thought they were synonymous. And it's interesting how they are now kind of coming to overlap. The way I kind of look at it as one possibility would be like you're in a tub you pull the drain and you have that funnel coming down but now just think about that as in instead of going below you now it's going to another place that's beyond this dimension and 
what would that funnel look like? Then it would suck in not just from above and down to create like a tornado kind of structure. It's sucking in from every single degree. Yeah, it's sucking in 360 degrees. And it's something that we can't think of because we're used to this three-dimensional stuff that we're viewing in a two-dimensional kind of presence. Like even what we see is we don't really see in three-dimension. We see three-dimensional objects, but we see them in two-dimension. If we could see in three-dimension, we could actually see inside the box. We could see Schrodinger's cat and whether or not it was dead or alive. (laughs) We actually just see two dimensions of a three-dimensional plane. So for us to think of like a a hypercube and you know a three-dimensional drain plug is it's kind of hard but that's what it would look like it'd be sucking in from every single angle and then where does it go well it doesn't make sense to stay in this space but it could be going out somewhere else and what would it look like might be looking like an explosion of rapid you know material when when you say that dimensional like what would this pen look like three-dimensional like could you explain what this would look like three-dimensional you'd you'd be able to see within the pen you'd like inside it yeah you'd be able to that's what's like so like for instance this is a a two-dimensional object if i were to draw a square on it and i was a two-dimensional being and i'm on the outside of that square it would just look like a line but us being three-dimensional beings i can look at it not from this this dots perspective but actually from my third dimensional perspective and I can see inside that square. So if I put a cat in that square, I put a smiley face in that square, this little two dimensional character just sees this line, which is what he's used to because he's used to existing in the two dimensions, but I can actually see what's inside the box. So now we bring that up one dimension and now we could see a three dimensional box, which is the three dimensional equivalent of a square. We can't see in the box because we're on that same plane with it, but a fourth dimensional being can see within the three-dimensional objects so right now even if we could get closer to the black hole right without getting sucked in we still won't be able to see it because three because we're three-dimensional you would need to be four-dimensional to actually see what's really going on unless you could develop hardware that is four-dimensional right we're like we're uh remember the old mario like original mario like mario brothers yeah yeah (laughs) playing mario brothers two-dimensional dude on a two-dimensional screen i could see what's on the other side of that wall that he has to climb up but if i was mario i couldn't see it i just see this like steps or wall that i got to climb up right like the red brick wall that everybody was trying to get over at the one level yeah yeah exactly so you could see where you got to get but you got to wait before you jump so that you don't get fucking killed. and and mario is restricted to that two-dimensional world so he is uh he's like within the confines of it whereas we're observing it and we're able to actually manipulate it so like they there's this uh, one interesting explanation that I think it brought all the way up. It went all the way up to like the 11th dimension. I've heard like it, you can go up to like the 26th dimension or something, but the the math says that it keeps on collapsing back down to 11. But they're pretty confident that there's 11 dimensions, and I can't explain the math or anything. But the interesting thing is like every every dimension you go up as a being, you become kind of more powerful until you become like a god like you go up two dimensions it's almost like you're a god so let me try to remember it while i'm saying it so we'll start with like the two-dimensional thing so if i'm a three-dimensional being and there's a two-dimensional world i can observe everything in that two-dimensional world if i go up to the fourth dimension i could observe everything and i could also start manipulating stuff in the lower dimensions and then it and but how can you manipulate things in the lower dimension by you going up one how can you manipulate it uh it's just like us playing a you know a video game it's it they're a they're a lower kind of kind of being like a simulation type of thing and then it, it, it very equivalent to that and then it's like um you know we hear about omnipotence and omnipresence 
as you go up in other dimensions, the lower dimensions become omnipresent. So like, again, I'm looking at this page and let's say this is a two dimensional world. We got a being over here and we've got this whole maze and this maze is a representation of his life. And this is all the places he can travel. And I can see all the different time components that he can exist in. And I'm on a higher dimension so I could witness that stuff. So to him, I'm omnipotent and I'm omnipresent because I can touch anywhere on this whenever I want. Touch and I can also observe the entirety of his existence. So I'm omnipotent and omnipresent, and that's what we say about God. So God might just be a few dimensions up. Yeah, dimensions, right? And you keep going up, and then it's like, okay, now I'm on this dimension, and I can not only be everywhere at once and know about everything at once, but even on a, dim a one dimension lower than that, I can now min like move within that place. So like I can move back and forth anywhere I want, free will, jump over the barriers that this two-dimensional guy can't get through. I just jump over them. I could be anywhere at free will. Then I, on a higher dimension, I can exist anywhere at, at one time. And then on another dimension, I can be aware of everything at one time. So I can observe the entire page. Whereas, like, that's where you get into, like, a being, being who can time travel. They'd be one level up where now they can move within our realm but beyond the confines of what we can do. We can only go one way in time just a linear travel forward uh, one uh, being from one dimension up theoretically they'd be able to go forward backward whatever else and then from there maybe also exist simultaneously in a bunch of different places or be aware of simultaneous events and infinitely back and infinitely forward as much as easy it is for us to look at this page and see everything that's on it you just explained what beto was saying for three hours you just explained <laughs> space-time continuum that that's that's what you explained. That's the I, I I try, and again, this is like kind of regurgitating concepts that I get from other people. No, but <clears throat> no, but it makes sense. I mean, that's space time continuum, right? Yeah. I mean, if if you were to define what you just described, that's space time continuum. Now, when you say those dimensions, right? <clears throat> now, what about the dimensions of life? Like, how if there's other dimensions in life? Because this is the dimension as far as a higher being, mm -hmm. you know, dimension above us, above that person, on and on and on. Like we had talked about before, like the deja vu thing. The only thing that can explain that is another dimension, energy crosses, boom. So what's the differentiation, differential between the dimensions you're talking about going up and the dimensions in life? I mean, I understand like you might go to a different dimension in the world, but like you're saying dimension one one word meaning two things yeah i i think that um and a lot of stuff is still theor theoretical and it starts blurring the line between like science and philosophy which which <laughs> right. i think is fa i think it's great though because it keeps you thinking you know and there's a lot of old texts like in the bhagavad gita that are like you know the the cutting edge scientists are reflecting on and they're like this is what they meant okay so okay i could see like if we don't have the language to express these ideas like even me describing things in the fourth and fifth dimension like i would fail to accurately convey them because it's so abstract and we don't even have the language to it. How can I describe it? Like, I can't teach you algebra if I don't know algebra, but algebra still exists whether or not you and I believe in it or are aware of it. So that's why I like going to like video games because we do understand we are third dimensional. We understand video games. So that's always a good analogy. And like, so you're asking about the different dimensions. Well, there's different video games. We've got Mario, who only knows Mario World. We've got Sonic the Hedgehog, and we've got Grand Theft Auto, and Grand Theft Auto V, and all these different dimensions. And they're also being played on so many different units by so many different people that it seems like there's a theoretically an infinite amount of those little dimensions, realities, 
within our one planet and then think about how many other versions of our reality there are and it's just like infinite and it blows our mind because we don't even know like infinite and that's another thing like to to put that in context imagine going back 200,000 years and me even explaining million like what did you ever see that there was a million maybe sand yeah but like you didn't use that what would you you never count a how many how many pebbles of sand are there right yeah and it's like one of those things where like now it's like we're just used to it oh the concept of a million i know what that is i know there's a million dollars there's a million people there's a million this but back then when you're in a tribe of you know a thousand people with you know a few hundred goats and whatever else like a million was a concept that just blew your mind and uh that's that's the way i look at a lot of this stuff is you know again ants not understanding algebra has nothing to do with the fact that algebra exists us not understanding these higher dimensions or struggling with it doesn't mean that it's not something for us to like explore and pursue and it's it's overwhelming because it's like man what do you mean it's infinite so like every like instead i wore a red shirt or a blue shirt or you know a hat or have a shaved head and it's like yeah any permutation you can think of exists somewhere simultaneously uh, and that <clears throat> that's what Beta w was saying. He just kept saying it, the the universe never began and it never ends. Mm -hmm. It just keeps expanding and expanding. And when you start to think about that, it really fries your brain. Yeah, you know, like never began, never ended, keeps expanding. Yeah, and time only exists in this dimension. <clears throat> Within this dimension, yeah. right? And it just fucks you up when you think about it. And then going back to the video game thing, if you're, if you're talking about like, you know, d different dimensions and or simulation, right? So if, if we're all playing Xbox, just for an example, I'm sure there, I don't have time for video games or I probably would play. I'm, that's last time I played was fucking Sega Genesis. That's why I'm referring to Sonic because <laughs> I haven't played anything in years. I only know fucking Mortal Kombat, Sonic, Street Fighter, a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, like now, if you're playing Xbox online, right, I'm sure there's cases where you and EK are playing and there's a glitch and you end up in my game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That had to have happened because it's online. It's on the internet. There's going to be that error, right? Yeah, yeah. So like you guys are playing and all of a sudden you're in my fucking thing. And then it quick switches back to your thing because the algorithm or, or the, the machine, the hardware software catches that, Oh shit, not supposed to be here. Right. Mm hmm. So then if you take that example and think about that as the dimensions, that's how I evaluate it. Yeah, and I, I kind of, like you, you mentioned uh, deja vu, like one thought is like maybe deja vu is when your consciousness happens to be like, despite the fact that on Tuesday I wore a blue shirt and then I got into a traffic accident, yada, yada, yada that reality and this reality still ended up walking down the beach having the same conversation out of all those trillions and trillions and infinite number of of permutations and there's some worlds where i'm dead and some worlds where i'm a father and some worlds where i'm president but out of all those there's some that every once in a while those two timelines like cross over where it's like at that time he again is having that same conversation with that same person and you have that deja vu I'm, like, I'm positive on that. I'm positive. I, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm positive that there's different dimensions I, because for that fact alone, because you, there's, I don't think you could talk to anybody, let's just say over the age of 30 that knows what deja vu is that would sit here and say, Oh no, I never had deja vu. Like I, you know, like you go to the beach, you were never at that beach, but you know, the smell, sometimes you even know where like the pizza shop is on the corner, yeah. but you were never fucking there or Somebody says, hey, Tommy, I just saw you. Buddy, I'm in Florida. I'm not in Pennsylvania anymore. No, I know it was you. It had to be you. You know what I mean? 
And he probably did see me for that split second, you know, because it's all energy and energy crosses past. And when it crosses, it's very, it's not, it's not a conspiracy. It's happens. It crosses past and fucks up. Yeah. It's and like, I, it's like driving through towns and you, you not, not that anybody listens to radio anymore, but you catch that other radio station that like tunes in all of a sudden. Great like, example. Some yeah. fast talking Spanish guy pitching a car or something like that. Yeah. Like, and like, what the Remember you used to do that all the time? Yeah. And now I now everybody Remember listens to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, now everybody listens to podcasts. But it used to do that in the radio because yeah. the the transmitters would and we're both be, broadcasting. Yeah, and you we would you know you'd be listening to like AM like a game or something, and then all of a sudden you'd hear like you know PBS or some shit for a couple of seconds until you got through that area, mm-hmm. you know. And that's I don't know how you you can deny that. Now, do you think when we die that we go to a different dimension? Do you think, what do you think happens when we die? There's this interesting, uh, I don't know if I want to call it a theory or belief. There's a, there's actually a video on YouTube called, I think it's called like the egg. And oh yeah, I want to say something. When I said positive, I'm always open-minded. So I'm, I'm positive as of now, but I'm always open-minded to learn more and that's be proven wrong. Yeah. It's like, so based, I hate on to say I have, positive, yeah. based on what I have, in this is brain, what I think. This is it. This is my best guess, but I'm open to, to other uh, information and other data. To Sorry to interrupt on. you. No, no, no. No sweat. Um, but it's it's called like the egg or something. And basically it's um, a really good representation of what I think happens where this is kind of like almost like a gestation period where we're growing and we're learning to be the higher level being. I think that all of our energy is actually the same consciousness that's just split into fractals and it's experiencing all these different positions simultaneously and it's un unbound from time. So my next life might actually be, you know, a Japanese woman in the 1920s and then I might die and then I come back as, you know, a, a slave. And then I might come back and the next one's going to be in the future. And it, I don't think it's limited to time. And that's how I kind of interpret karma and... Uh, Explain to me how you interpret karma. So the way I look at it, and, and a lot of religions kind of say the same thing. Like, basically, don't be a dick. Well, it's, again, we didn't have the language and it's so... Um, it's so abstract that if you go back in time and you're trying to think of like how you would, let's say you're, you're Buddha or you're Jesus or whatever, and you have this crazy amount of knowledge all of a sudden, how do you share that with people when you, you lack the, the tangible ability to you know, show these guys who are just basically one level up from cavemen? You're trying to get them to understand this really complex and abstract kind of stuff. So you start making analogies or you'll anthropomorphize something and turn it into a god and like anger all of a sudden becomes this god and vengeance becomes this god and lust and you know so we anthropomorphize it through you know all the deities in the um in hindu and in roman and greek gods and all that other stuff and i think that those those same principles that are in a lot of religions are there because they all resonate with us so like number one don't be a dick well in karma they have this like check and balance kind of thing and you don't want to be a dick because if you're a dick then you know you're not going to evolve to the next level and you're going to be and same thing with uh, reincarnation you're going to move up or down based on kind of your score well i think in reality it's it was hard for us to explain the fact that like let's look at the sun and we have a bunch of rays of light these rays of light are so consumed with the fact that they have an identity as this ray of light that they forget all these other rays of light are actually all from the same source, the same sun. And we are just a fractal of that. And that's what our consciousness is. I think that we are, you know, fractals of this 
superior consciousness that is all aware and all knowing and all being and, and can do all this stuff and is creating all this stuff. And we're going through all these different iterations to be both the villain and the victim. So we can learn both sides of it and we can learn not to be the villain when we're the, the victim. And if I screw you over and then in the next life, I end up being you or maybe a hundred lives or a thousand lives from now, I end up being you. It balances out just like the karmic scales. Whereas I, I was the bad guy, I got a negative score, but then I was the victim and I ended up being a good person anyways, despite the way I was treated. And it evens out those scores. And I think that when we get our score completely evened out and through all these different iterations, our scores going up and down and we have this balance that's going, I think then we move on to being what would be a God in this perspective. But I think once we get to that God realm, we realize that like, just like Mario looks at us as a God controlling everything and we're more powerful than him. We could turn off everything, completely control it. Once we realize who we are and we're not Mario, then we're like, wait, there's something above us. And I think that you get to that next dimension where you're a God and you realize you're just a baby God who probably has to go through another level of God level training to get that to that other level and you constantly go up and I think you constantly go down and I think you go up to dimension 11 or 26 or whatever and it collapses back down and you start again at some equivalent of one and it's just a constant endless timeless gestation of a consciousness experiencing itself learning through itself and then forgetting almost purposefully just so it can experience it again like imagine if you could watch your your favorite movie for the first time every time you watched it right like when the matrix blew my mind the first time it'll never be that good but wouldn't you want to like let me erase it and get that again and get that again right. and there's like the, the struggle of the character where it's like oh come on fight come on neo oh he's not the one. Oh, the the oracle told him he's not the one so now i'm disappointed and now i'm oh i'm struggling with him and you go through that arc whereas again like people are like well if i was a god why would i choose to exist as a slave or as a crippled person and it's like just because being god if you are just this single consciousness that is capable of anything, but you've got no one to share it with, you're pretty bored. Imagine like David David Copperfield in solitary confinement, and he could do all the magic tricks he wants, right. but there's no one there to enjoy it. There's with. no fun. So it's like I'd rather give up the magic to just have a conversation. But then who makes that decision? Like, so say you do a lot of bad karma, right? How is that decision made that, okay, you fucked up, now you're going to go deal with this? Or, or is that just that do you do you believe in theory that that's just a natural occurrence like you know how like they say like bad energy like you give off bad energy and you can kind of tell a lot you yeah. know you, you know when you're around like a dick or like a snake or just an evil fucking person after talking to him for five minutes you can just feel that yeah, yeah. fucking evil energy dirty shit unless they're really good at hiding it which in south florida they're very good or you're a politician <laughs> or you're a politician yeah you know so do you think that that energy that you give off when it's negative that's what kind of comes together that then maybe in the next dimension that we go to is great even if you're a real asshole in this one but eventually you hit that shitty dimension where it's not so fun and that's based off the energy that you gave off maybe in this dimension but might not catch up with you until later and what you're saying is that dimensions are like a relay relay up relay down relay up relay down and then that would go all the way back to the the original philosophy. The universe never began and never ends. Yeah. Because it's just a constant fucking relay. Yep. It's just a circle. And I think, Whew. I don't think necessarily if you're bad in this life, I, I don't have a, a a real say yes or no on this, but, you know, like uh, with, with reincarnation, they're like, if you're bad in this life, 
you're gonna have a shitty next life if you're good in this life you're gonna have a good next life that sounds like it makes sense if you're thinking in a linear fashion and we also have this sense of like well i want i want good people to do well and i want bad people to be punished so that's why in christianity you have heaven and hell so that way like we can't think of anything beyond this one life so if we see bad people doing well in this life, then it's like, don't worry, he's going to spend eternity in hell. It's like, okay, I feel so much better because I was really tempted to start being a bad guy because it seems to be working out for him. You know, like, why am I working so hard to be good? So it's like, no, no, stay in line. He'll get it later. And it's like, okay, as long as there's retribution and I'll be rewarded, I'll go to heaven. I'm broke now. I'm poor now. I'm suffering now, but I'm a good person, so I'll go to heaven. I think then in, then in uh, the karmic cycle and then in uh, reincarnation, the same kind of thing where it's like, don't worry, your next life, you're struggling in this one, your next life is going to be amazing. Him, he's going to be a cockroach. So it's like, okay, I feel better about this and I can s struggle. I think that if we pulled out of the video game, it's not necessarily going to be an easier level next time. It'll just be another level. I might go in for a, from being a bad, heartless dick and the next level, I'm a good guy. Or I might be a good guy in the next one I'm a dick but it's the other people I'm interacting with who are also going to be different versions of me let's bring it down to like a cast of 10 who are in a box and each time as this play goes on someone has to play the villain someone has to play the victim someone's the bystander someone's just the the background cast members but we have the same actor playing everybody and at some point you're going to get screwed over and feel what that feels like at some point you're going to screw somebody else over and then you get to experience you know remorse and guilt and all these other emotions and then again going back to being a god that's fascinating as opposed to being this lonely god it's like i'll do anything i'll be a slave i could be a slave let's let's do that i'll create a reality where i'm a slave because this being alone is super boring and i'll be a slave with other slaves and i'll be able to experience relationships in something other than this echo of knowing and being omnipotent and omnipresent and all capable but having no one to share it with. And then you just go through your ups and downs, and I think you graduate to that next level of, of God, or maybe not. Maybe this is all there is, and it's just a constant echo of all this. But I think the, the up and down, <clears throat> if, if there is such, that that's, pro in my belief, that, that makes the most sense. And we don't like that because we want an end. We want the movie to end. Yeah. We want there to be death and then heaven. Because in, in this life, everything begins and ends. But... That's just what our little peanut brains use. And let's you know talk. I mean? Let's talk about heaven. Like, that was that's a good story to tell people. But like, eternity's a long time. Yeah. Like, what if after we do everything in heaven a million times and we're snowboarding and we're parachuting and everything there is to do and now we know everything? Like, what do we have to look forward to? I don't think that's how it would be designed. I think there'd be some kind of option to be like, hey, you want to go back in the game? It's like, hell yeah, I do. Yeah, let's go. Right. In the game, it's going to seem hard. You're going to rip the headset off and be like, oh, man, that was, oh, wait. Oh, it's just a game. All right, let me go back and play the boss. And there has, to, like I said, there has to be the villain in the movie and the bad, the boss at the end of the level. And we have that struggle and it, it consumes us. And we think that, you know, the world's ending and we're suffering. But then we plug out and we're just like, okay, I'm going to opt to play that hard game again because it was way better than sitting in this room with these magic tricks and no one to share them with. See, I, I think the karma thing is accurate in this life, like in the dimension you're in now. If I act like a dick to you, somehow, some way, somebody's going to get me, mm -hmm. whether subconsciously or something will happen bad. Mm -hmm. But when you go to the next dimension, if that's what happens, I don't think that karma follows you. Because no, I think to get there, you, you zero out. Yeah, I think once this this dimension's done, wherever you go next, whatever you did before makes no difference because you could have just been dealt a bad hand of cards, right? So you, like Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Total fucking nutcase, mm -hmm. right? But who knows how he... I didn't watch or read everything about him, but 
how if he was raised with parents that beat the fuck out of him, yeah. right? Molested him, all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So circumstance developed him into a monster. Yeah. So now, yeah, he's a horrible guy. You know, you should put a thousand bullets in him. But his karma was victim of circumstance. Now, he made his own decisions, but I don't think that that would carry with you. Yeah. Because now, if Jeffrey Dahmer was born into a nice, you know, mom and dad home, good family, being by six o'clock, and maybe he was, but I'm just, just an analogy, right? Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer might not have been Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, it would have been the other guy that got the shitty hand. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, my my kind of concept kind of makes sense is because you're not being weighed at the end of just this one life. You're getting the, the sum of all of them as an average. And when that equals a zero, when you've done enough good and experienced everything and overcame everything, then I think you have the ability to transcend. Or like I said, it might just go infinitely this way and just fractal off into all these different multiverses and this is it. But I, I think that there is another level where we are, for lack of a better term, God or source consciousness and I think this is an optional thing that we created to experience and enjoy and pass the time. And I think the value of all this, like people are like, oh, what's the meaning of life? Like everyone's been asking that for forever. And I think it's it's relationships. I think it's the experience and the struggle and everything. An easy video game where you just win everything and you max everything out, that sucks. A movie that's just all good, nobody wants to watch that. There has to be that arc. There has to be a challenge. There has to be a setback and adversity and you know, right? Yeah, that that is the meaning of life. It's <clears throat> it's love. It's sadness. It's caring. It's failure. Mm-hmm. It's success. You know, it's struggle. That that's the meaning of life. I I don't know why there has to be. You know, a lot of individuals feel like there has to be like one meaning to life. You know, that's we're too complex yeah. for there just to be one meaning. Yeah. Now, I think it's either dimensions or simulation. Like the people up there from whatever universe, the Z galaxy or whatever is where they're saying a lot of this shit came from. They're just playing a little video game. Like they had the dinosaurs. Eh, we didn't like them. Fucking wiped them out three times. You know, put some, who was it for us? Napoleon's? What was the human name before human being? Uh, Neander- uh, Neanderthals. Okay. Here's some Neanderthals. Okay. They're too stupid. Put some, all the ones down and some mushrooms and some DMT. Boom, that did it. That got shit moving. Yeah, playing with the chemistry set. Yeah. Playing with the chemistry because where we evolved, as far as we know, and where we came from, you know, a gazillion years to be able to read or, you know, whatever, just an example. And then all of a sudden, boom, fucking the whole human being itself fucking chain, you know, whatever. And then when you go research it, what was there all over the place? Powerful, powerful, powerful mushrooms. Lucinogens, yep. And on top of that, at that time, DMT was naturally occurring in your brain. So it was naturally actively being released in your brain at that time. Proven. So now if you study that, so now you have DMT being released on a daily basis, okay? So now you have the balls to go take down a tiger. You're, you're tripping. Yeah. That tiger can feel that you're not afraid of him. So the tiger's going to go, uh you know, they feel that shit. That's how they survive. They, If they know you fear, they're like, oh, this is going to be a nice dinner. Yeah, yeah. But if they they don't know how big they are or you are, right? Yeah, they just see at eyeballs. Well, they, no they can feel. You know, they got the pheromones and everything. So when a, you know, let's just say a caveman, he just ate a bunch of good-ass mushrooms from the field. <laughs> you know, DMT is being released. 
family needs to eat, he goes up with that stick and beats the shit out of that tiger. Okay. Now, now things start to evolve. Now you're now you're on the DMT. The brain starts to change. Things are firing differently, and boom! Now you have us. Now we're here, and the last thing to be released when you die is DMT. Yeah. They've, How fucked up is that? They've done a. Were we talking about that? The the brain scan, or I think I was talking with my fiance about that. Where the the neuroactivity. They were uh, watching somebody like when they came to die, and it actually started happening before the event of their death. So it was, I think maybe they had a heart attack or, or something, but there's some kind of neural activity before the heart attack came on. And it was maybe only 15 seconds, but that's still really weird. Cause it's like, how is this happening up here before this? There's some kind of a connection. And then the activity beyond she, the, the article basically said that it looks like the, the rapid sense and where everything was being stimulated. It looked like it was like a life, recap like they always say your life flashes before you the amount of neural activity that just lit up the brain during the mri and it, they didn't know that the person was dying they were going through it was just one of those things that lined up this person happened to be getting a scan by this equipment and on the, all these monitors because they were already sick in some kind of way and then this happened and they're just like huh check out the timing with all of this these instances like this happened like a few seconds before then his heart started going into afib then his brain just exploded. Explodes. Yeah. It's, they had her on um, <clears throat> the American Medical Journal, Journal on the Harford uh, website that we just pulled up. Also, even fucking PubMed. It was, I guess they could only do so many. They did 5,000 case studies, all 5,000. Last, dead. Heart's dead. No more beating. I think it was maybe average like 20 seconds. Boom. Tons of DNT really when they were under the MRI because usually you know you're in a hospital bed, hospice, whatever. Nobody's checking your brain. Yeah. All five thousand these people, they had them all fucking hooked up. <clears throat> they were like, yeah, fuck it, you know, I'm on my way out. Maybe I can help the next person or help out science, whatever. All five thousand. The last thing released was the part of the brain where the DMT is no longer active as we sit here today. Within 15, 20 seconds after death, boom, lights up like a fucking Christmas tree. Yeah, and and energy can't. It, it so when you, so when everybody says I see that white light shit, it's probably the DMT that's being kick in. Kick in. Yeah. Now what happens after that? Well, you know, if it's power, in my opinion, open minded, if it's powerful enough to you know take us from cavemen type people to us to this in what a couple hundred years? How long was it? I mean, it was fucking fast. Yeah, it's it's hard because it's they so didn't they have, have so like recorded bullshit. history. Yeah, so it was like just a couple it. thousand years though, right? Yeah. it wasn't anything. But prior it was to a that, spike. It was just like kind of a, a progression and then a spike of consciousness where it's like okay, and then we go through getting tools and the different bronze and stone and all the different metallurgy going on, and it's just like. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Have you ever done DMT? No. Or do you know anybody who has? Uh, I know um, I know a few people who've who've done it, and um, it fascinates me. I think that um, one of my theories is that I've, I've also heard people say that our brains are can be considered quantum computers, and I think DMT might be something that triggers that because it releases when we I, I dream. Think it is. I was just gonna say, that, yeah. and I, I think that's like why we have these. Some I don't have very vivid dreams. No, DMT doesn't do. release when you dream. Oh, REM no. does. REM. You're oh, thinking okay. REM sleep. Okay. You know I mean? I, yeah, I thought I thought uh, DMT was a, a dreaming thing, but it exists in us naturally, and yeah, it's it in almost yeah. everything alive, plants, animals, everything. everything. Yeah. Um, and it's weird that that's another one of those regulated uh, um, drugs that it's like, 
But now they are, uh, as I understand, I think they're using DMT and Molly and, and psilocybin um, for like PTSD and other types of therapy in like Colorado and Oregon. So they're they're getting there and kind of like the marijuana thing. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you got enough doctors instead of just hippies trying to promote it because the hippies aren't going to be as credible. Now you have some very educated, well-documented and, and published doctors who are saying, no, this is these are the results I'm getting. I had this guy who's homicidal and violent because he went through Iraq and saw some really crazy shit that the average human in today's society isn't supposed to see. We're not barbarian. We're not Vikings anymore. Put him through Somali, and now he's a loving. Well, guy did you patient. watch the documentary on that? The guy who, <clears throat> the guy who chemically made Molly, not ecstasy, the real Molly. You know, the actual drug. Yeah, it was meant for depression. Yeah, it was meant for depression and motivation, uh, anxiety, drug. Like, actually, believe it or not, drug to get off other drugs. Oh yeah, and that's another thing they're getting with like uh, ibogaine, um, DMT, ketamine of, too. Yeah, yeah, it gets very, people ketamine off drip. But resets that, your brain. Yeah, but that's what this was developed for. So, okay, it was abused. That doesn't mean you you take it off the market for those who need it. That means you schedule it, and if you sell it and you do it illegally, you go to jail. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there's no medical use for it. Like, so how do you put how do you put Molly as a one? Because a one mean schedule one federally means that there's no medical use for it. That's yeah. the only way it can be a one. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, heroin first off was uh, initially developed to do surgery. Mm-hmm. They, you know what I mean? They would give it to you for surgery. So there is medical use for that. Molly, we both know for sure that there is. Ketamine, mushrooms. All these have m- way more medical uses than the twos, th- the threes, and the fours. Like like uh, four or five is like a Xanax, right? Okay, it's got some medical use. It calms you down or makes you forget shit. Klonopin calms you down a little bit. But you have that out of four or five, but you have proven known shit for hundreds of years that works as a one because people abused it. This is where I get is that into big it. pharma. That's big pharma. I, I also this is where I'll, 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 I, I think that the conspiracy theory kind of stuff kind of makes sense, because if I was trying to keep people under control and um, I was using like the material world and and fear and bills and all this other stuff to do it. I wouldn't want them to be unplugging and getting a perspective to show them that that stuff isn't important. Like I wouldn't want them smoking pot and getting a perspective like, ah, oh, everything's going to be okay. No, I want them stressed out and, and worried about bills and infighting and whether they're going to vote red or blue or whatever else. And unfortunately, I mean, I don't think it's everyone involved with the process is aware of that, but I do think that some of that stuff like DMT, nobody's addicted to DMT. No one's ever died from DMT. You don't go out and drive a car on DMT. You have five minutes of some crazy experience where you, you like, you're, you're basically incapacitated. You lay down. Um, I think, I think ketamine's the same way. Like they give ketamine. I know paramedics give ketamine to knock people out. Uh, uh, well, they, they started doing well. a ketamine drip in other states. <clears throat> um, actually, you can do it. Yeah, it's a whole fucking shit show to, to get. I was going to do it, but the guy died. The fucking medical director died. My luck, huh? On ketamine? No, no, no. <laughs> he, he, no, no. I was going to do it with him. Like, he was going to. Can you overdose on ketamine? Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. But, but DMT, you can't. No, you can't. But ketamine is absolutely the best for depression. Drip. The ketamine drip, if you go in there, say you're depressed, you got some anxiety, ADHD, any of those things, mm-hmm. you go in there and get the drip. Somebody's got to drive. We went through, with the, I mean, we studied the fuck out of it. You get the drip, you can't drive home. You know, you have to have somebody drive you home. You go, you do three or four sessions once a month, literally. 
study out you'll never see it publicly but study after study after study yeah depression gone because it resets the brain like you said but now you don't need to buy my pharmaceuticals well yeah now i don't need packs when then my dick yeah. doesn't get hard so i need the next drug so yeah. then give me that oh no give me back the packs so i like that better oh and then give me the viagra for 50th and pill. wait until you need can uh, cancer treatment from all the cancer and chemicals we yeah. just gave you yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah we're building you up so that you get cancer so then we can build your insurance for radiation chemo and everything else even though we know that there's five drugs we know that cures cancer. We know. It attacks it, eats it, holds it, locks it down dead. We know. If I know, they know. Yeah. But then there's, then there's, there's no, no money. money. The, yeah. The, I, I worked in the, the medical industry, specifically the pharmaceutical industry, for a few years. And one thing I realized is there's no profit in cures. The profit is all in treatment. I don't want to fix you. I want to treat you. I want to see you next week. Keep coming back. Keep paying me. And the insurance companies make money and taxes are generated. The doctors make money. And everybody makes money. And I mean, like, not to get too deep into the conspiracy stuff, but like someone, I think it was Joe Rogan was even saying, he's like, is it not in the best interest for the pharmaceutical companies to put you in a position where you have, everyone in the country has to buy something from them? It's a business. Of course it is. You know? It's and a business. Then we go back to what we were saying about politicians and where their <laughs> money comes from. And when it comes from... And back to the, the pharma, how about fucking Dr. Malone? Okay. He invented... He's the one who made the RNA, whatever it's the called. The yeah, yeah. He's the he's the initial one. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he went on Rogan and actually came out of his hole was because Pfizer did their own fucking case studies. So here's the, the shot, okay? And then I got supposed to be third party, but the third party I own. So I, I'm paying you. Hey, third party, I'm paying you out of my pocket. Mm -hmm. Oh, someone croaked, put that one in the, the placebo. Yeah. So Pfizer's doing their own fucking case studies. Now, he doesn't know it at the time, I assume. So the information he's getting when he's making this, he's like, hmm, all right, I guess, hey, this is what the case studies say. All right, we'll do this, we'll do that. Well, then, you know, they did that emergency emergency thing to speed it up. Yeah, the emergency so they, use they fly, uh, authorization. Right, they fly through it, boom, it's released. Then he keeps looking at it, and he goes, this can't fucking be right. It, you know, kept doing the math or whatever guys like him can do you know mm -hmm. that we wish we could do <laughs> you know and he's like this is wrong this is all fucking wrong and then he comes out and like I, i've said many times but guys like him you never see yeah. especially on a podcast yeah on a joe rogan podcast on fox and everywhere else but when a guy that has he's developed more vaccines than anyone else ever in the history of the world this dr malone yeah and i guess the only thing I could think, he got so fucking mad that he got the wrong info. He went on Rogan, Fox, all this, and said, look, he basically said, don't fucking take it unless, you know, you really need it. Like, if you're older and, you know, you're really sick and, you know, you're halfway out the door anyway, it might be beneficial. Other than that, fucks up women, early menopause. I mean, it just does a lot of shit. It, it's really, it was just breaking it down. And now he went to Japan to make another one and he's working on one now now i know uh what's her name she's taking the new pill from pfizer they have a pfizer has a new drug for uh covid it's a gazillion dollars she got it though i think uh ac got it she's taking oh yeah yeah but malone is in japan developing a vaccine that with accurate information but i it's just in unbelievable what it's come to you know i think the last few years have opened up a lot of eyes not everybody but not only on um the government's overreach and the fact that 
uh, sometimes they're just talking out of their ass at best. Other times they are purposefully giving us misleading or inaccurate information that they know is inaccurate, but it's just not convenient for them to have the truth come out at that time. Uh, but everything, I mean, from, from the censorship that we've seen from, I mean, thank God that that whole, uh, Joe Rogan thing happened to him because he's got such a big platform that's independent and you can't, can't cancel him. Mm. And thank God for Spotify for backing him when they were talking about the, the horse dewormer and all that stuff, yeah. because that was good where even my liberal friends who are hardcore CNN watchers and I, I don't identify with, with any of the parties. I, I think Maybe. that it's stupid because you for, lock yourself in. Yeah. I'm just for what's good. I'm not white. Yeah. I'm white. I'm not blue, and I'm not red. Yeah. I'm just for whatever's best. Yeah. Right now is definitely not what's best. No. And and what's good about this stuff is even the people who are deep in the blue, they're seeing like, okay, yeah, there is a consorted effort where the media, especially liberal media, we can't trust the government. And like I was saying before, the the government, we're getting more used to the idea that they're not accurate they might be lying to us deliberately they might be just saying what they can without having all the information just to give us something to calm us down but i think that waking uh, awakening is, is happening and people are starting to realize that you know can't trust the big government or big big uh big companies the big industries pharmaceuticals and all that can't trust you know the politicians and can't trust the media and it's hopefully going to get people closer to a vetting process and that's another good thing about blockchain imagine where you can tr- you can go through a link that was shared, an article, and you can track it all the way back to the original source, not someone who just downloaded it, copied it, and put it back up. But there'd be AI saying this is 99% the same as this article, and here's the source, and it's coming from some bullshit website. Because you, know, you, would, be able to, you would be able to see the source code, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and then it's why I don't... See everything on the blockchain, see every the first time that was tweeted, and by who, and where they got it from, their resources, and everything as deep as you want to dig. And then there will also be an AI component that will be able to do that kind of for you. So you don't have to think as much. It won't be Facebook deciding what's credible and what's fake news. It'll be some AI saying, yeah, there's a lot of credible sources who have in their history on the blockchain. They've been pretty credible with everything they've said. So we give them an upvote and here's something worth you seeing. Here's some stuff that you can still see, but just know that the guy who posted it, like 90% of the stuff he put out is complete bullshit. You know, so it's like, okay, you know, I trust Tommy's post. I'm not going to trust Steve's post. Yeah. That, that that's cool. La- last thing, and I'll let you get out of here. <clears throat> what does uh, Elon do? What does Elon Musk do? Do you think he one? What do you think he'll end up doing with uh, Twitter, other than decentralizing it? <clears throat> Even though they're they're trying to block it right now with that fucking bill, I don't trying. think they can. But he's ten steps ahead. Yeah. He's a hundred steps ahead. That and do do you think he buys another social media platform? Do you, he put up? Who wants me to buy Spotify? They put a ton of money into shit. Spotify. Uh, Chris Podfest, this guy's like super duper smart. Spotify is, they they bought forty different uh, like patents of shit software, like crazy crazy money. Forty different ones, mm-hmm. ones like microphone or, you would know what it is. Something phone, it's a big one. Uh, maybe I don't. It doesn't matter, but it's it's a blame me. They're putting a ton of money into it. Yeah. And when we were go- going through what they purchased. It looks like they're going to turn it into a YouTube where yeah, more monetization well, up with the the video yeah. and everything yeah, where it's not just you know where they pay and then you get the video they're starting to give it out. No, it's now smart. what do you think Elon does? So, 
I I might be I, I try not to be a, a fanboy for Elon too much. I'm a fanboy. It's so hard not to be. Man. Call me a fanboy. He's I, I got the Elon hat on if I had a hat on. Dude, he's he's better <laughs> he's better than than Tony Stark, man. He's he's like the only way he maybe not better than Tony Stark because he's Iron Man, but I mean he's he's one suit away from being that dude. He and the stuff that he does, he's doing it for the right reasons. He's not, you know, he even says like he doesn't have a yacht. He doesn't have a mansion. He sold like, all his houses. He's living in his friend's houses and stuff. So he, everything he's doing is like as close to being altruistic as possible. So I think what he might be doing is recognizing, okay, media is extremely important. Bezos bought up the Post, and all these other media sources are owned. Right now, the most powerful media sources are Twitter and Spotify, arguably. And I mean, we're seeing the ratings on all these other conventional uh, media sources plummet. So if he buys them up and then he secures them as being decentralized, even if it would be like I, I would I would bet that even if they were saying negative stuff about him, if something were to come out, he wouldn't even if he had the control. I don't think he would block it because I think he's really he about, wants that. Yeah, it's a it's about, a, a you know, a meritocracy where the best rises to the top. And when you have any kind of influence and confluence going on where it's going to suppress certain information and say who can say what and who can't and shadow ban people and everything like that it compromises the entire structure and it's bad for everybody it's just like keeping someone out because they're a woman well what if she's the smartest one in here and our company would have been better but we didn't want to make her ceo because she's a woman 100%. now the company suffers mm -hmm. now the shareholders <clears throat> suffer so the same thing with this where I, I think if he were to do i think he's going to figure out a way I feel like, dude, honestly, I feel like Elon's a time traveler and he's just punking us. And I don't think he makes mistakes. Kind of like Putin. Like, don't underestimate him. Like, when he, when Elon pulled back from trying to get on the board, I was like, and people are like, oh, he's, he's changing his mind. It's like, no, 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 no. What? no. This is a chess what? move. <clears throat> yeah. Chess move, yeah. Because if he would have went to the board, he wouldn't have had that control. He's doing it just to fuck with them. Just to be like, hey, can I be on the board? No, we don't want you in our club. Be like, okay. It's like. I'm your boss now. It's like they, like they, like yesterday they were talking about the bill, you know what I mean? <clears throat> uh, to make sure that the wrong information doesn't get out. And it's like, you are politicians. This guy, if he's not an alien, he's the closest thing to an alien, you're not going to beat him. He's probably. 5,000, he probably knows every fucking move they're going to make, mm -hmm. and he's way ahead of him, just sitting like that, and you know he's got like that humorous personality. Dude, he's Every time they try to make a move, and they think they got him, like the board move, fucked him, now this little bill move, I'm sure he's way ahead of that. He probably goes out there with that rocket thrower that he's got, and goes, bang, got him, bang, got him, oh, I already know what's next, come fuck with me. He's he's on another level, man, and the easiest explanation would be that he's a time traveler here and knows how this is going to play out, because the for he's him to be a Steve super Jobs. genius he's like a steve jobs on steroids like on steroids. he's a super genius who's surrounded by super geniuses and i i won't even claim that all of his ideas are his but i think a lot of them are like in i've i've heard that his twitter like some people are like no he's got to have someone running it no, no i've heard him it's legitimately no, just it's him. him one dude on twitter guys like that. him don't lie it's him it's insane he's, he's said it many times it's him he sat there when he was talking about it, and they're like, oh, what are you going to restrict? Like we were talking five seconds ago. He goes, well, if somebody says, in so many words, if somebody says, you're a jerk, I want, or if I say to you, you're a jerk, I want you to say, well, no, you're a jerk, because that's being a human. Mm -hmm. That's being communicating, you know, working out problems, or I hate you. Well, I hate you too. Yeah. Well, why do you hate, you know, that's how you, that's civilization. And when you start censoring and taking that away, you no longer have how the human works. Mm -hmm. 
you have to argue. You know, if you hate somebody, you hate them. Hate, I hate you too. But then in three forward. months, maybe you're best friends yeah. on Twitter or whatever the fuck. If it's one way, it starts trending towards a dictatorship. One to 100%. What do you think chances he buys Spotify? If he's mentioned it, uh, well, I, well, this is the first I've heard of it. He put honest. a poll up on uh, Twitter. Who well, wants me to buy? Started. Yeah, who do you want me to buy? Or like how many people want me to buy Spotify? He's going to do it. And then it's 100%. If he's yeah, even so. putting it up there, if the I honestly think that whatever the poll, I don't think he would have put it up if he doesn't know how to do it. And if he's put the poll up and the poll says buy it, which I can't imagine his followers would say anything else, he's going to end up owning both. And I think he'll decentralize them, and I think it'll be the best. It, it'll be the, the saving grace. I think it was uh, 72-28. 72 buy, 28 now. I'm surprised it was 28. This was before he acquired Twitter. This was when they were talking about Twitter. And, you know, he was saying he when he was saying he was going to make the move before the board. It was like right before the whole board bullshit. But like you said... He's the type of guy that doesn't throw things like that off for no reason. No. And it's it's like, you know, if I was playing chess against him and we were three moves <laughs> in and he's like, I'm going to take that king, that knight, and that rook, I'd just be like, all right, let's play something else. Because if you're saying it, dude, I, I believe you. Just like Putin, like, I don't think he's making mistakes. Here's the interesting question. Actually, I got, got two. One is, you think Trump will come back to Twitter after he said he won't? Yeah. I, I don't think he can't because he's got so many people there. And he's probably going to try to funnel them to truth, but... Uh, and then the other one is interesting question. My buddy going to law school came up with uh, are bots are those troll bots or whatever are those free speech? Because at first you're thinking no, that's not free speech. But yeah, there was a court case where it said video games are a form of free speech, and they're a programmed system that's saying some kind of thing, expressing the opinions and desires of the creator. So the bots. So now can we ban bots from Twitter? No, I think it's free speech because somebody has to make that bot, right? Somebody has to code that bot to to do and say or post whatever it wants. So no, yeah. I, I would say absolutely not. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think one one idea to uh, get rid of like all the bots or at least to mitigate their influence, I think, would be charging for Twitter, even if it was a small fee. I think a lot of these guys are overseas making a trillion bots and just setting them out there. I think them having to pay for all these bots and then also having uh, maybe not a vetting process, but like using a blockchain kind of component where you can see everything that that bot has done and it's been voted inaccurate so many times that when it posts, it goes right to the bottom where no one's going to read it. I, I think Elon will do something like that with the bots <clears throat> where like uh, there's like a section and like if you want to read that shit, it's over here. We're not going to ban it. We're not going to censor it. It's just over yeah, here. It'll be there. It's not recommended, yeah. but it's still there. It's still there. And here's like the human shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you know what Spotify's worth right now? Because Elon's the richest man in the world, but I don't know how much liquid he has. That's the thing is the the financing on these deals is interesting because all of his value, all of his net worth is in equity in these companies. Right. <clears throat> so, you, you know, technically by asset, he's the richest man in the world, but does he have another, you know... 40 billion to buy spotify i mean i, I think i think spotify is only worth 20 or something. i think with twitter he personally guaranteed 20 percent, and i think he's using um i think there's an uh an uh a share exchange where they're getting a, a some lot. and then somebody came in and helped them i think uh what bank came in and helped them oh i mean i think they kept that. it anonymous yeah somebody came in and backed them i wouldn't be surprised if you've got some more um Good guys. Like, I think he's already, I heard he's doing something with Jack Dorsey. And that's, that was the other thing. When I heard he was doing something with Jack Dorsey to, like, mine Bitcoin together to get the hash rate down, 
um, and they're going to do uh, like fully solar powered uh, Bitcoin mining. I was like, he's already like this with Dorsey. Twitter's happening. Like, there's no way it's not happening. I wouldn't be surprised if Dorsey comes back in. I think Dorsey, I originally thought he was a bad guy. So did I. But I think he probably lost control over Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he started off as like a hippie tech kind of dude. Mm-hmm. And the the beast got too big and he got this corporate money in. The, and The board got him. Yeah. It's just like the artists who signed deals with the record label. And they're like, we're going to make you huge. We yeah. love you. And then you're 360. You got deal. them. And they're like, hey, you're our slave now. I was just like you. I hated fucking Thor. I hated that dude. I thought he was the biggest scumbag. But now that things are kind of coming out, I don't think he meant to censor like this. Like it was, I think the board just got too powerful. Yeah, you know, and his hands were tied. His, and I think we'll come back. But I, I think mean, this is a great way: take it private, bring Dorsey back in, and maybe merge. Well, yeah. The well, platforms. now if you got Dorsey's money, you got Elon's money, they become buddy buddy. Now you can buy something else, mm-hmm. and you know that's Dorsey's baby. Yeah, you know. So now if he gets that back, and Elon's like, "Come on, come on." Yeah, I mean. Maybe he'll that bring, motherfucker's thinking ahead. Hey, maybe he'll bring Rogan in on Spotify. It makes the most sense. He knows he knows how to play that game. He's yeah. he's the one winning it. Yeah, and that's the only real other than um, Lex Friedman. That's yeah. the only one I think he's going on. It, isn't it Lex. great how those guys are all friends? It's yeah. like it's you wish you were a part of that. But if I were to walk in that room, I don't know if I'd say anything or just <laughs> listen to everybody. But it's like so cool to see. Like those those examples, I always tell people like Elon show, totally showing us that this is a simulation because there's no way this guy is winning at all of these groundbreaking things, killing it, and he's like the Twitter king. Now he's buying Twitter and Spotify. It's like uh, Pete Davidson too. Pete Davidson is worth nine million dollars and he's dating the hottest billionaire on the face of the planet and having a double date with Jeff Bezos. It's like Pete Davidson is also showing us. And and uh, Pete what, Davidson is an alien because he gets the hottest girls. I don't, Any age. He must have a schlong that's hitting his ankle Kate and Beckinsale. knows how to use it. I mean, he Ariana Grande, dude, Kim. I mean, he's a decent looking dude and he's funny. But I mean, the caliber of bras that this guy's pulls, holy shit! Took Kim from Kanye. <laughs> like, he took he took Kim satis- Kardashian with kids. How satisfying is that to know Kanye is just like bitter and he's worth hundreds of millions, maybe a billion. I don't know. He's what a Kanye's smart motherfucker too. He is. But Pete, Pete just Pete's, Pete's playing with less chips. He's nine million dollar net worth, and like it's just like, dude, and he's like twenty something, and Kim's a decade older than him, and he's just like, he's just knocking them down, and he doesn't care about anything. No, just like Elon, he's just like, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna he say says it. what he says. He loses these twenties and doesn't give a fuck because he just goes and grabs another twenty. Logan Paul's another guy who's like just breaking the simulation and yeah, just showing us. He kind of needs to talk to his brother before he goes and fights Tyson. That's a pretty fucking. Which one's gonna fight Tyson, Logan Paul or the other? I think one? Logan. He's a he's a crazy. Maybe it's Jake. I don't know. I think it's Jake. Jake? Jake. Wow, he's crazy. Logan's the smart one. Jake is just brash, but I could see like how they went for the two different images. Like Jake's like, all right, I'm going to get the tattoos. Are you crazy? The the purse, though. How many eyeballs are going to be on that? How many eyeballs is he going to have left? Have you seen Mike Tyson spar lately? I would not be taking this. 90 pound punch right now. He was just on Rogan. He looks massive. Yeah. And then you can watch on YouTube him sparring. Last time when I was talking to him, he was hitting 80, 85. The last one three days ago, after sparring, two weeks ago or a month ago, he's hitting like 80, 85. He's getting all mad. The last one I saw after sparring, one after another at 90 pounds with gloves on. Uh, do you want that? No. Jake Paul or whoever? I don't care if he's 56 or not. We're talking about Mike Tyson. Yeah. And he's not. It, fl- fighting Floyd was smart because 
that's not going to hurt you anywhere near as much. Yeah, not because he's a defensive fighter. He's just going to beat you in points. One punch from Mike, you might forget math. Like that's for the you'll, rest you'll of have your the life. money, but you won't be able to count it <laughs> yeah. for the rest of your life, yeah. right? Yeah. He could end you, and especially if they talk shit like they've been doing before. Like it, you know, it's part of the thing. Like Conor McGregor's thing, talk shit, and then after. But with fight, Mike, I don't think so much. You piss him off. I don't think his talk is good. I think he walks into that ring fucking mad and wanting to really seriously in his mind because of his trainer before who who like totally set him as like a warrior type thinking when he gets in that ring. Yeah. I think you piss him off. It's not a game for money. You piss him off. He's walking in that ring to eat you. Yeah. And Mike, I really believe that 100%. Mike is not a human being and he is uh and he's super smart. Super dude, super very super smart. very wise. Yeah. Not just smart. He's a wise dude. And I've heard so many, like not only his stuff in his interviews and everything else, but I've heard other people who they've had these little interactions with him and they've just heard him drop these knowledge nuggets. And you're just like, how did I? And I remember when he was younger, there's words I got I, from him that I've never heard of before. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Like that kind of stuff. I'm just like, you don't hear a lot of boxers. Like not since Ali yeah. have you heard boxers use that kind of lexicon. And it's like, this dude is more than just a beast. He is like... He's brains and brawn. Well, get this. I had Bobby Chez in here. Bobby Chez fought Holyfield. Bobby Holyfield had to beat Chez to fight Tyson, which is when the ear thing happened, yeah. right? So Holyfield put hot sauce on his gloves, hit Chez, and they called the fight. He still can't see in this one. I had to like help him with the menu. Wow. <clears throat> the next fight after that, right, was Tyson Holyfield. Bobby Chez was Showtime announcer. Did he put some hot sauce on Holyfield's ear? Is that why Tyson no, hit it? No, uh, Holyfield put hot sauce on his gloves, tried to hit him, and Mike felt it on his, I guess, his face, the hot sauce, and he went fucking nuts and bit his ear off twice. Not once. That's why he did. I didn't hear the backstory yeah. of that. <clears throat> what, I was right here. You know, I'm cool with Bobby. Now, Bobby is a member of Ma uh, Mensa, the mm -hmm. top Genius. 2%. Yeah, yeah so yeah. when he walked out to fight Holyfield, he had the Men Mensa shirt on. Yeah, yeah. He's like super smart. So we went to meet Tyson. We went to meet him. And he's like, the whole time, he's like, look, Mike does what he wants. I don't know how long he's going to be here. I'm telling you, this might be a waste of your time because Bobby was like, look, I'll put a word in. Maybe I can get him in. You know what I mean? And as we're driving there, he was saying, because Bobby's smart as fuck too. You know what I mean? And he was like, no, Mike is really, really, really smart. But Mike does what Mike wants. And the shit that he was telling me about Mike, not from the interviews, like from their personal conversations, because Bobby then testified for Mike when they went after Mike for biting Holyfield's ear off. Bobby testified on Mike's behalf because it happened to Bobby. Mm. So they stayed close ever since. And the shit that he was telling me that Mike thinks, like, fuck, and he was telling me about, like, the animals and, like, you know, all those fucking tigers and lions and shit he had. I mean, he's he's just really, really smart. Yeah, yeah, he's a really intelligent guy, and it's I'm I'm shocked every single time I hear him talk because he's always just dropping wisdom and his... <sighs> It's he's a he's 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 a freak man on so many different levels. He's just not a human being. He's another one of those guys who's just breaking the mold. He was like the baddest man on the planet for so long, and now even in his is he in his fifties or sixties now? He's fifty six. He's fifty. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Casey. He's he looks like he's twenty six when he's hitting. Man, I think he'd be able to wipe out most of the boxers that are who could be pros him? right now. Who could beat him? I mean, it's just I don't I don't see anybody right now. In the and his weight class, who was he? Who did he fight? Uh, was it Roy Jones? Roy Jones. Yeah, he, I did. You watch any of that? I, I yeah. Roy and, Jones was done after one punch, and, and Roy Jones was boxing the whole time in uh, where other countries. Mike wasn't. Mike was sitting smoking weed doing his podcast. Yeah, and he decided he wanted to fight. Did you see that, Ek? Yeah, that fight. I did. 
the first time he hit Roy, was he not holding him up for the rest of the no, rounds? He could have killed him, honestly. Yeah. And no. afterwards, Mike's like, yeah, I want to do this again. And Roy's like, I am. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an exhibition. They weren't even trying yeah. to kill each other. It's just like the Mike first doesn't, hit, bro. he doesn't throttle very well. He was holding him. He was yeah. like holding him up because I think Mike was like, oh, I, I, maybe I hit him a little bit too hard too quick, you know. But uh, fuck, man. Well, thank you for your time, man. It's yeah, always man. a pleasure seeing yeah, you. Yeah, it's a blast. I got to come in more often, man. We always yes, have sir. killer conversations. Yeah, yeah. All right, Casey, thank you so much for your time. Yes, sir. Appreciate it.